Hey folks, welcome to episode 93 of Philosopher's Lieutenant, where we will be recapping the recent Anzac Cup and uh, having an interview with Edward from Canberra. But before we get into that, uh, we want to recap our monthly and quarterly challenges. So, April challenge, the good old days. For the month of April, we want our listeners to jump in their time machines back to the debatable good old days of ITS seasons past and play an older mission. Pick from any of the official missions of the past, be they from ITS seasons or past global campaigns. For all you newer players, experience the highs and lows of tic-tac-toe, and for older players, introduce newer players to the joys of the Xenotech. As always, send in your reports and analysis to us at lossoflieutenant at gmail.com as a Google Doc. Um, pictures and videos also very welcome. Uh, for those of you who don't know how to access older missions, you can find them on the Comlog app via the Google Play or Apple Store um, under previous seasons you can go back as far as season 10 i believe there's also global campaign missions in there a random winner will be chosen at the end of the month to win a blister of their choice from toy soldier imports and then the q2 hobby challenge announcement is mission received are you also bored of the current mission lineup want to flex those creative muscles and design a new mission to torture the lol crew with well this is your chance as for the second quarter of 2023 we want you to design us some new missions so similar to the Q1 challenge where we wanted you to design us a new classified tech, this time we want you to design us a new custom mission. Uh, send us your ideas for new missions, ensuring you know where to put everything, how to deploy, what the objectives are, and any other special rules. Uh, please stick to the format of presenting missions in the typical ITS format as well, please, as it will help us and the community understand how to play your mission. Extra points if you can tell us how playtesting went. Uh, send your submission into us at lossoflieutenant at gmail.com send it to us as a google doc it can also be a pdf but please send us like the online link so we don't have to download it ourselves uh, at the end of the quarter which will be at the end of uh what, april may june at the end of june uh, we will select our favorites and give them an in real life test play a random entry will win a small box set of their choice from toy soldier imports all right with that out of the way let's get on with the show Welcome back to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenant. I am your host, Kevin, and on tonight's show, I'm joined by fellow hosts... Jacob. Val. And special guest, Ed from Canberra. Hello, everyone. How are we all? Hello. And we just we just said before we started the recording, we're going to call you Edward, and I still went with Ed, and I'm an idiot, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on a time schedule, right? We're time yeah, we're sensitive just, in this podcast. Every, every nanosecond counts. All right. On this episode, we, we will be recapping the recent Anzac Cup two-day charity tournament that happened in Canberra, and we'll be talking to Edward about how he went running Varuna at this event. But before we get into it, let's talk about any recent games and hobbies we've been up to. Um, and since, Ed, you're our guest on tonight's show, we will let you go first. And since you've not been on this show before, uh, we'll use this time as an excuse for our listeners listeners to get to know you. So, Ed, um, 
you know, the first question that everyone always gets asked in these sorts of interviews is, uh, how long have you been playing Infinity and how did you get into it? So I started playing Infinity in late 2017, sort of as a casual sort of thing. Uh, at the time, I was playing uh, Warm Hordes, and I pl was playing Warm Hordes since I moved to Canberra in 2013, so about five years of Warm Oh, Hordes. wait, so you're not a Canberra local? No, I'm from Brisbane originally. Ah, hey. Vegas. They lost a good one. Um, they lost a good one. Super quickly, just for our younger viewers, uh, what... Uh, oh, all right. Oh. We lost, we, we lost Val again. Uh, what, what what was um what like and what version of Infinity was that in 2017? So that was mid to late N3. Okay. Um so I started playing as a Hakuslam player. Uh at that stage Rama yeah. Task Force did not exist. Uh so I mostly played vanilla and a little bit of assassins during those early times. Ah, that's yeah. cool. That Fair was my enough. that was my first foray into yeah. um Hackerslam, uh, Infinity as well was through Hackerslam um, and Assassins. So yeah. oh, back in the day when four mutts was mandatory in every oh, list, and yeah, they all had. I remember that saying every every, every hack every hack list is uh four is two hundred and eighty points plus four mutts. Yeah, exactly. and you can still do that. It just it's just twice as expensive now. And you've got fifteen slots instead of typically twenty. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true. Like I think I said, since I got my old hackers land back, I'm really fanging to um, get four mutts on the table again. But it's quite difficult when you've got fifteen slots. It's uh, not quite as simple as it used to be. And also, Dolami are a lot better now in N four than they were in N three. This is very true. This is very true. And then you end up with a million and one irregulars and fifteen slots, and it all ends up. And then you have to take Saladin, and you're like, "Oh, but he's thirty-six points." I'm like, "Oh, I don't have any points for anything else." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you end up with no guns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all yeah. bad. It's not anyway, great. So yeah. So moved to Canberra, started playing War Machine. Then before I moved to Canberra, I played a lot of forty um, k and fantasy, like most people from my teenage years, um, and played that pretty regularly up until I moved here after university. Um, from Infinity wise, I started playing Infinity seriously after CanCon twenty eighteen. Uh, that was my last big War Machine tournament, uh, and as I said earlier, played mostly assassins with a, mostly a vanilla hack with a little bit of assassins mixed mm. in. There. And what, uh, so running uh, 19, 20 orders and lots yeah. of mutts and all that good stuff. Uh, DJ, DJ HMGs and snipers were my thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen yep. them on the table much since in 4-drop, but yeah, they were definitely a bit of a, a somewhat staple for me as well. Because again, you, you needed guns and back in N3, Hakazam had no guns. Yep. There was no Mukta back then. No. Yep. No. The Asiwira wasn't as good as it is now. Yeah. It was, it was a crazy time. Oh, God. What was old Asawira? Don't yeah, tell me. Asawira, very expensive and armor three. Yeah, oh. and it wasn't an AP Spitfire, and yeah, it was not. It was all good. Hey, hey Val, right. welcome Ow. back. <laughs> I can see him putting his hand up on the on the on the stream. Yeah, I can hear Val. I can't. Oh, I can't hear Val. I can't hear Val at all. Val, you're not. You're not. You're not coming through my end. I. Jacob, is he coming through in your end? Yes, he he's not coming through on my end. So and I'm the one pushing oh, the record button. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm serious. That's not coming through on my end, Val. So you're gonna have to stop and come back into the chat. So, 
I, Val wants a question. I'll repeat it for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe when. Uh, anyway, we'll fin- we'll finish this interview and then Val can um, just figure himself out. So, um, <laughs> so you mentioned you played Warm Hordes. Oh, okay, he's gone. All right. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. That was Val. Just, I mean, all I got was hand gestures and a pen. Um, uh, So you mentioned Warm Horrors. You were playing that before you started with Infinity. What um, prompted you to start Infinity? Uh, Two things. So, with the, I want to say it was third edition of Warm Horrors, a lot of things changed. Uh, And after about a year or two into the third edition, they brought in a lot of theme lists, and that was not very compatible with how I like to play War Machine. Oh, Hordes. okay, right. Um, so initially, there was only one or two. That in, I played Cardor, so Winterguard uh, was the only theme initially, but then they brought in more and more and more themes. I, yeah, I. Yep, so uh, Winter. Into command or something like that was the name of the theme list, but is, yes, is, is that I I don't know a huge amount um, about uh, warm hordes, but is, is that that sort of thing where like each of those special commanders have sort of a theme to their list and they get bonuses for um, uh, sticking to it, or, or am I completely off? So back then, you got both point reductions and unique abilities on your units yeah, sticking to the theme. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. When the second wave of theme lists came out, the only way to play the game was to run in theme lists. Otherwise, you would be around 10 points down on your opponent in a 75-point list, which is kind of a big deal, as you can guess, mm. by running 330 points or 350 points. So it, it, it'd be like playing um, Infinity, but forcing everybody to play a Sectorial and nothing else. Uh, that's probably the closest example yeah. of Infinity, yes. Right. Okay. So. All right. Okay. So, sorry, listeners. We're back. That was a fun little experience there with Discord. Fuck Discord sometimes. Um, we were just so talking funny. about warm hordes and Ed's uh, exodus from it into infinity. Right, Val. You had a question. I had, I had two questions. Two questions, but uh, Kev just kept talking over me because he couldn't hear me, and I was fucking. La- <laughs> I was laughing so hard. He's like, "Fuck him! He has to leave." I'm like, "Wait a second! You leave anyway." We'll have a chat afterwards. Um, we'll settle it, men. No, uh, uh, did the warmer hordes changes have the desired effect to like have people play more themey? Because I remember I was playing warmer hordes around that time as well, and it was just yeah, everyone was just like, there was no th- like. Yes, everyone was playing themes as I was leaving the game. Uh, Uh, In my last tournament, I was maybe one of two people outside of theme, uh, and that worked kind of well for me, but yeah, that was more because I was very familiar with the list I was running rather than uh, mechanical strengths. And the other question I had was going back to your Hucker's Alarm days, right? So you're obviously a bit of a big brain player, right? Um, Did you ever go into the shell games of Hucker's Alarm or did you always go the Dale Arm and Ghazi business? Did you ever do the um, shell game of the Hollow Projection style? Uh, Yes, I did. Um, So one of my favorite troops was the Hufsa Heavy Rocket Launcher back in that day Um... because spending SWC as hack in those days was quite difficult. So instead of having a Warcore for three points, you could have a Hufsa with a light rocket launcher for, I think it was 18 and one and a half. Good way to have a surprise for your opponent and um, have a little bit of an extra gun just in case. Very nice, very nice. I I noticed you're not mentioning the Aya. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I exist. Back then is my question. Was it a red, red veil 2018? I feel like it was after. 
It was after Red Veil because it wasn't in Red Veil. They hadn't oh, right. Veil was the Alpha Sid. That's true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We put Ed on the spot and make and have him make a case for the IR. No, the case to. for the IRS to not run the IRS. The case <laughs> oh, for the IRS to run some other heavy infantry in uh, assassins is in assassins instead. Yeah, Fine. and maybe maybe not use bad. the IR as the proxy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, it is an excellent proxy. It is. Yeah, it is a great proxy. So, so I'm assuming then by that you don't play Warm Hordes anymore. Do you play any other um, tabletop wargaming war games? Um, I did a brief dabble into Song of Ice and Fire, um, but I found that I just didn't have enough time to commit to both Infinity and uh, Song. So I am purely yeah. an Infinity player in the tabletop space. Cool. Um, and then uh, as far as where you play, uh, you're obviously, we just mentioned before, you're, you're, you're from Canberra, or you live in Canberra now. Um, Canberra. What, is the, yep. what is the local scene like there, Infinity, for Infinity? It's, so the local friendly local game store is called Jolt Games. It's in a suburb called Mitchell in northern uh, Canberra. Uh, and Monday night is games night there. Uh, I unfortunately cannot get to the Monday nights, but I organize games through the Discord ACT Discord channel to typically on a Wednesday or a Thursday night. Uh, they work best for me. Uh, and quick plug, the uh, Discord for the ACT, I want to say, is called Literally Just Morlocks. Yep, Literally Just Morlocks. <laughs> I do not know the reference why it's called that, uh, but uh, that's what it's called. Oh, excellent. And I think I've lost Val again. Okay, and we're back. I think, um, apologies, listeners, we're just having some technical difficulties on this episode tonight. It's just clearly Discord can't handle four awesome people um especially when one is old having like a madman <laughs> can't, can't, can't handle the magnitude that is Ed. <laughs> Bring it on. okay so Hello. yeah so we we've been we've been chatting about uh yeah so you play you play jolt games in in canberra uh your your armies um you uh what armies do you currently play in infinity Right. So after Hack, I switched to Spiral Core in mid-2019, uh, which is not long after it was released in April of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and I played Spiral basically non-stop until Jan uh, July last year. Oh, that's a long time. Yep. Uh, so I really enjoy and enjoyed Spiral Core. Um, it suited me very well because uh, I'm known as a quite a defensive player and Spiral and now Varuna leaned very well into that playstyle. Mm. Now, so obviously 2019 was N3, and Spiral Core changed quite significantly in N4, and then again with the fire team changes, and you stuck through them yep. through through all of those changes. How, what was that like? Yeah. Uh, it was rough. So <laughs> I want to say that no faction after the transition from N3 to N4, no faction has been as nerfed as Spiral Core. Uh, I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I keep saying why? that they, why they, they that? need they need to go back and fix Tricor. Tricor needs to give the full pure fire team bonus because without it, there's no, almost no point in running uh, Spiral Core. You get yeah, maybe the same a... teams if so... you just run um, vanilla Topa. There's a little couple of differences. Yeah. So the. The first big nerf was the fire team change, and Jacob just alluded to the biggest part of that change, the change mm -hmm. from Tricor being a what well, was then just a regular core link, so plus three ballistic skills, six cents, all the good things, now being changed to being a mixed core. So from that, 
Spiral basically lost two points of Blissey's kill for not much benefit because they were already running mixed teams. So yeah. being pure and being mixed didn't really matter to Spiral Core. What is the benefit the other, then of Tricor now then? Tricor is you are a mixed five person core. So it's plus one Blissey's skill and six cents above being a regular triad. And the only uh, the only advantage of that is because you now don't have to pay for two extra models. Is that really the only advantage? Well, um, you can't for the most part. The yes. only the only core you get in Spiral is the Brawler. Correct. So in Spiral, okay. everything is a triad because it's a Toha adjacent, except for the Brawler link. Right. Um, so there was literally there is one tiny benefit to these um, Tricore change, which I'll get to in a moment. Okay. The other big thing that changed through the fire team links is you could no longer link a Tagmus sniper with two Chuxa auxilia. That link is no longer viable. You now yeah. must have a Chuxa longarm in that link in order to form it. So okay. that link became 15 points-ish more expensive for no material gain. In fact, it's probably worse because you lose the baggage as well. And the baggage mm -hmm. was actually kind of valuable for those chunks mm -hmm. of auxilia in the zone control scenarios. Ryan Kirby cheated me. Nah, actually, I don't actually know that. Um, <laughs> uh, you can't have the type of schema in the... Oh, like, not since, not, since, not since the fire team changes. You yeah, could right. So it, it, yeah. used to, it used to be a really cheap yeah. way of getting... Like just yeah. a nice AI road piece. Yep, exactly. And you could mysteriously have, say, a walk or just sort of meander near some uh, Chucks or there, and maybe it's a tag of a sniper, maybe not. You won't know until I form the link. Yeah, I, I, just, I, just, I, just, I just, I just had a really brave. I just had one singular, really brave Chucks auxilio with a flamethrower. <laughs> just stand up, looking at the entire map. Yeah, you're um, like, that's definitely a flamethrower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I did mention a slight benefit to Tricor from uh, the fire team change. That slight benefit is that Anacondas can now form into a Harris and Tagma Schemas can join that Harris, which means you could have a Tricord Anaconda. It is not good. I have run it. It is <laughs> still an anaconda, even if it is BS fourteen with uh, five dice. Oh, I, I mean, I, you just mentioned that. that. I, happen, I, I happen to have um, spiral up. You're pretty much paying a bunch of points to maybe get an, an anaconda to be like a Guija, like the the most basic tag in the game. Yep. It's yeah. a DIY HRMC, but it's either a regular HMG or an AP Spitfire. And yeah. on a 6-2 chassis, you don't really want an AP Spitfire. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, the Anaconda is poo in short. Hmm. Um, do we um, have any... Oh, sorry, you go ahead. Yep, so there were more nerfs after that. That Whilst that is by oh, far really? the biggest that was one, other... there were more. <laughs> yep. So the next nerf which happened, which happened at the same time that the combined army nerfs happened... Uh, <sighs> like the, the, the points... Yes, the Gryfop got increased by one point. Oh, I did, um, did it? Oh. Yeah. So, Could yes, it's it? only one point of whinging on the internet, whatever. Still, <laughs> it breaks every single one of your lists because you're always writing 300-point lists, not 200. Yeah. So, 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 <laughs> so it was 19 and 20, and not 20 and 21? Uh, the Gryfop was 20 and half. Now it is 21, 21 and, and half. 21 and half. Right, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, and then the third big nerf... Uh-huh. Uh, so this happened not that long ago, uh, just before um, Novacore happened, actually. Uh, they lost access to diggers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the that was... The straw that broke the camel's back for you, isn't it? 
Um, not really, but kind of, because from that point, your only heavy infantry are Nima Sitar and uh, the Kael'san. Yeah. Which makes making higher classified lists very difficult when you can't just harass in a random brawler into a link. You don't need a digger. Digger, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you'd only had the diggers for a year anyway. And I remember being on the forums and like when that, when that kind of kicked off, and, um, you know, and it was just like, it's a war crime. <laughs> you know, to have diggers in Doha <laughs> and having the Doha like trying to like slap a, a symbiote mate on these like poor diggers. You're like, fuck off, I'm not I'm not one of you. Like it doesn't work the same way. I'm not That's the really same funny, species. Actually. Like you know, and like it's going, very like, amusing, that's yes, not <laughs> very good. Yeah. Eloise was like, No, no, that's just that's wrong. We're like, we're not we're not gonna allow this this kind of this kind of uh shenanigans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I get you. Spiral did get Beast Hunters in that update, but Beast Hunters aren't quite as good as um, uh, Diggers in that situation. Because oh, did even did they even get the FTO Beast Hunter? Or something you would get? do, yeah, you would do. You, you, you get the basic do. ones. So you get the nine point Panzer Faust with Mine Layer. You get the fourteen or so, or fifteen or so 15, with yeah. the uh, Heavy Flamer and Panzer Faust, and the fifteen or so with the Heavy Flamer and Tack Boat, which Tackboat, you have yes. It's the same, it's the same, yeah, same one. But like, like, yeah, they they fulfill a different rule, so they're not. It's like well, you got that, but you, they don't you, do the same thing. You can't link any of them anyway. There's no beast hunter in any of the things. Correct. Yeah. True. Oh, okay. So um, by the sense of things, then you you quickly dropped. Well, not quickly because you were there for a while, but you um, you finally, like as the Val said, the straw broke your back, and you moved to another army, I believe, right? Yep, and I spent about six months trying all sorts of different armies. So leaving Novacore, I was going to play either Starmata or Military Orders. I mm. uh, played Military Orders for a little bit. It was pretty good. Running a tick blang around was uh, very cool, and having a big gun for once was very interesting, being in a pano sectoral. Uh, turns out building Military Order lists is very hard because you want to take all the heavy infantry and you don't have the points for all that heavy infantry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then played Starmata for a while. Uh, this was before Roadbots were even whispered as a thing. So yeah. this was very much lists of Kappa Core with either a Zeta and some stuff or a middleweight Harris and some supporting elements. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it, but it was missing having the ability to scalpel out key pieces. Because at yeah. this stage, the Sarkos also didn't exist. So you couldn't just run up to, say, a Masai Moran and go kill him. You had to go fight your way through that hacker. Uh, yeah. Hackers repeat yeah. yeah so I played them for probably two months uh, and then moved over to, or played a very brief amount of um, mili uh, not military orders, um, Steel Phalanx. Oh. Uh, hated it. Did not like it one bit. Far too yeah. aggressive for me. Yeah, yeah. Then went to Shaz. Uh, was enjoying Shaz in November, but I knew I wouldn't get any games in December because it's December. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of November, all my games were taking like three hours. Uh, and knowing that Novacore, uh, CanCon was coming at the end of January, and I, knowing that January I'd made yeah. like three or four games in, I was not going to be able to get my time play time down to a reasonable level in that time. So for January, switched back to Spiral Core, played Spiral Core, got 11th in CanCon. Mm -hmm. I got fourth, just, just, oh, sorry, <laughs> I got third, I got third, sorry. Uh, just, just, just <laughs> what? He doesn't even remember. He doesn't even yeah, remember. He just said, <laughs> he forgot, what, I just want to, I just want to, yeah. What with, what with Shaz Vasti, um, they just quickly pushed out your playtime, was it just remembering, I don't know, yeah, what was pushed out your playtime? 
they were so radically different from everything else I'd played. Um, because at that stage, I hadn't played either a camo spam army or um, the way that Shazvasti uses its impersonators is very different to how Spiral Core uses its impersonators. Because yeah. in Spiral Core, I ran Gryphops, I didn't run Genstar. So it was very mm. much set, forget, kill for one thing and then die horribly. Yeah, Hopefully, that right. one thing was like their lieutenant or their one engineer. So yeah, you had a layup right. at that point. And you chose Whereas with Shazvasti, you need your specular killers to actually go kill things. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite use for the Gryph operator is blowing up the building that he deploys on because you've got oh, yeah. Sakatarash. Yeah. yeah. Or and visoring the um, HVT that he's yeah. deploys right next to. And what did you choose um, Shaz for? Was that to lean into that defensive thing as well? It was to lean into that defensive and that sort of BS playstyle. Like, um, there's stuff on my side of the table. Have fun figuring out what it actually is. Yeah, okay. Like, yep. So there's like two camera markers over here. They might be just seed soldiers, or it could be a shrouded with a sniper, or it could just be a decoy with a Noctifer standing behind it. Have yeah, fun that, figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Kevin? Uh -huh. Seed soldiers. Oh no, they're still That's garbage. Right, buddy. Still garbage. No, would never <laughs> take one. I would rather take a, <laughs> an, an M drone over a, a seed soldier, um, yeah, even if it wasn't ITS fourteen. Um, all right, so we'll we'll, we'll um, so that, that that's then, good. And then after after CanCon, move back to Shaz for a little while. Realize it wasn't quite for me because the performance was very spiky. Either you were mm. winning and therefore you're really winning, or you're losing and therefore you're really losing. And no mm. real way to come back from losses and no real way to sort of taper back from a dominating win to actually get the scenario points. Okay. Yeah, I think Kevin mentioned that, the fragility. That's yep. always tough. Definitely. And then tried Varuna and played a few games before Anzac and went, just run these guys, see how I go. Yeah. Would have been happier to fight any of those other armies. You have to get <laughs> <laughs> it would have been confident as anyone else. Um all right, no, thanks for that. That was that was a good little uh, little little history of the armies that you've played and yeah, quite quite varied. Um do we have any other questions for Ed tonight? We Oh, um Val? Uh, since no, just since uh, since the event, have you had any more games or anything recently? Have you? Uh... Uh, no more games since um, Anzac. Um, I've got a few more things on my build build um, queue to build up. So I managed to source one of the boarding shotgun Knights of Montessas, so I don't have to use the Red Fury one for anything and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I now own a Squallow, so I'm going to be building that Squallow soon as well. Very nice. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, um, and. Um, oh yeah, another question I guess is um, you were mentioning before we got onto the chat about um, we were talking about Pavel McManus, and you mentioned mm -hmm. that in the third offensive book he was uh, Russian. Does that mean that you read the books outside of the rules? I do. Um, I own all of the books uh, from N three, and I own a few of the N two books as well, uh, purely for the law reading side mm. of it. I, I have actually read the rules um, cover to cover as well once, like <laughs> when N four came out. Yeah, um, very nice. I'd recommend it. It's not a great read, really. <laughs> no. Um, but yes, I've quite into the law, um, particularly how the dynamics between the different factions and how. How they sort of are built up from what's currently happening in the world today. In so, the world, yeah. I mean, do you have a, do you, I, I, do you have a, oh, sorry, Jacob, go. I was just saying, I just, I just started um, to try and read a bit more of the law, so I managed to get my hands on a proper pre-order mm -hmm. version of uh, Daedalus Falls. 
didn't realize that it's Toa are responsible for Ariadna. Yep, yep. Spiral Core, or technically Spiracle, the yeah. uh, Triumvirate, Triumvirate uh, yeah. responsible for everything that has befalled uh, humanity up to and including the fall of the United States. Wow. Uh, because because the triumvirate screwed over the wormhole that linked um, Ariadna or Dawn with Earth, Dawn. that caused the economic collapse, which Flaps. brought down the uh, United States and the European Union. Yeah, which and then they and then they, the over, um, yeah, and then oh, they nice. fucked over. Yeah, no, I haven't gotten through it yet, but they fucked over uh, Paradiso by yep. attempting the EI to come there. Yep, yes, which is did. the entire reason that humanity is fighting the EI is because of the triumvirate diverting yeah. the EI to go after the Penny Arcade, basically. Penny well, Arcade, it, yeah. yeah, it was like specifically the 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 Toa or the triumvirate were let's send the EI to fight humanity so that when humanity is on their back foot and we reveal ourselves, they'll be more than happy to shake our hand. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Also, to give the Toha forces a break from the constant warfare for untold yes. decades for their own sure. selves. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a? Uh, do you have a fit? Fa- Sorry, Val. What were you gonna say? No, you're good. You're, I was just gonna uh, ask if the Imperial Service are the good guys, but <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely and definitely not. on the not good end of the good versus evil spectrum. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say like. Um, as you have read the lore books, would you? Is there any particular book that you would recommend somebody who wants to learn about the lore and Infinity? Because it can be quite difficult. A lot of people ask the same questions, like, "How do I find out about like why to play this army?" Uh, is there any mm. book you recommend somebody pick up and read? So, if you're brand new into the lore in terms of books, the N4 rulebook is a really good starter. Um, ignore the rulebook section, get, read the lore section of it. Um, it does a brief overview of all of the factions except for basically Tohar and Aleph. Um, yeah, so disappointed on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, if you can source the uh, Infinity RPG, it does a good overview of the different factions as well. And it does include um, O12 and Aleph. Ah, yeah, because I remember when I got into the into the game, um, I found the N3 and the HSN3 book to be quite useful for um, lore and background. I found the N4 rulebook, by contrast, to be like a little bit less, like, like less information, um, just on the it's basic. A lot of repeated information that was in the. Maybe N3 that's book. what it is. Yeah, the Deadless Falls yes. Third Offensive books. I found them hard to digest because of the way that they were laid out. If you were a yep. new player. Yep. So the RPG books are much better in that regard because mm. they are telling you information, whereas the um, books like Dayless Falls, Third Offensive, are telling it from the perspective of either the um, faction themselves or from a newsreader's perspective. So it's not going gotcha. to be the pure truth. It's going to be slightly slanted in, let's say, the Imperial Service's perspective for Uprising or the JSA's perspective for Uprising, depending on which part of the book you're reading. Or if you're looking at Daedalus Falls, it's going to be very much from the Toha's perspective or the Triumvirate's perspective of um, what actually happened there. To the point where the EI remarks somewhere in that book that it wasn't them, but they're cool with the Toha screwing over everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. All right. All right, cool. Well, that was a good little uh, introduction uh, to you, Ed, and your your Infinity career and a little bit lore as well, which is good. Um, Val, what have you been up to lately, mate? All right, so basically I'm converting this whole podcast to a Company Heroes 2 podcast. Um, a couple of guys in Geelong have recently started playing Company Heroes 2. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, if anybody plays it, hit me up. Uh, I haven't played too much Infinity. I did get a game with Jordan in yesterday. I was in Geelong um, over Anzac Day, 
and me and Jordan had a really good game of Infinity where he beat me with his Morats with the, like the last order of the game or like the second last order of the game. It was fucking awesome. Um, I've recently been testing Voronin in uh, Harris on a link that pushes up without him being my lieutenant. And I had some oh, success. Not uh, being a lieutenant. Right. Nice. Okay, yeah. Not being a lieutenant, just sitting there uh, for his combat abilities. And I did have some interesting um, scenarios where basically my vet Kaza got uh, engaged by an Osnat and then Varonin came and uh, coward punched the Osnat from eight inches away to free up my vet Kaza. That was pretty cool. I also forked Kornak's ARO pretty nicely, but I didn't actually manage to kill him, so that was cool. But uh, Jordan actually, yeah, it was a really close game. I was in ascendancy the whole game. We are playing capture and protect, uh, but Jordan managed to eke out the win. It was a yeah, really well played by him uh, in the last couple of turns. But uh, yeah, so my attack losing streak is up to seven, six or seven games at this point. So well. they're, they're a tricky, they're a tricky number. They're a tricky number. Uh, we'll be um, all right. We'll be all right. So wait, it's coming in Heroes Two. Is that, it sounds like a video game, but it's not. It is a video game, yeah. It is a video game. Oh, okay, right, okay, yeah. We don't care. You know, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know. I feel, like, you know. I feel like pulling the Homer Simpson, just going no. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't played a video game for so long, and yeah, no, this one's uh, yeah. something from the nostalgic past. So, oh, that's fun. Um, me myself. So last yesterday was Anzac Day for those who don't live in Australia. So we had the day off um, to honour um, our service men and women. Um, so we honoured them by going to a friend friend's house and playing three games of Infinity. So it was fun. So we had a round robin, two tables. Uh, we played Frostbite, Hunting Party, and Frontline. Um, hunting Party was part of the gun one. Yeah, hunting parties yep. from season eleven, I think, or ten, eleven, whatever it was. Yeah, um, think, yeah. That was my choice because I wanted to actually play an old mission for the monthly challenge, so I'd have something to talk about. Uh, it was a really good day. Um, I took Shaz because I haven't actually got my hacker's lamb back yet from Anzac Cup because it's currently with Tristan because he drove back and I didn't want to pay for um, bags on the flight. Um, I tried out the Hyduk Harris. It needs more testing. Uh, is my short of it. I only played it for one game, to be fair. Um, it didn't really do anything, but it was nice to have some kind of long-range aero um, for Shaz, which is not something we often... I mean, outside the Noctifer, it's nice nice to have something a bit different that was almost also MSV. So that was fine. What was, what was, what was the form of the, the Harris? It was uh, the, multi -mar the, multi, the multi-sniper, the AP Marksman, and Ada. So Ada had a mine-out... Okay which did come into play at some point because my opponent tried to dodge away from it and got hit by a viral mine, which was fun. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a nasty mine. Yeah, the multi-sniper rifle did manage to take out my opponent's aero piece, but it was only like a core-length Aguasil. So, you know, two dice on 12s versus... Three dice on 12s versus two dice on 11s. Like, it's dicey, but it worked. Um, and then the AP Marksman didn't really do anything because, funnily enough, when you come out of a sapper state and you lose a mimetism, you're a much less like scary. <laughs> you know, you're like you're three dice on twelve with MSV two, but you're like I'm armor one, so this this might go bad, and it did go bad, and it didn't really work. But um, otherwise, it was fun. Tried hunting party that mission. I wanted to try it because in N four with the changes to how immobilization. Uh, isolation and stun works. It seemed like it might be a good, a good way to play it. Um, but from 
me who played it and everyone else who played it that day, it just makes the game more complicated and more makes it less fun, right? Because you know it's kind of like firefight or decapitation, where you're like you're going for you're gunning for their opponent's LT and you're gunning for your opponent's specialists. In firefight or decap, you just go bang bang, you're dead. But in hunting party, you're like. I, mm, uh, do I shoot yeah, you and, ho- and hopefully you go unconscious or do I try to stun pistol you but it's less dice and then you could just reset out of it and then I'm back to square one it's it's like it sounds good in pra- in theory but it's just really annoying in practice because I had a position mm. where I was like my speculo I'm going to go into CC with your Agosil lieutenant but I'm going to use my stun pistol in CC because I don't want to kill you but then you're still alive and you can reset out of it. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay, do I just pistol you then? And hopefully you go unconscious and then I can stun you. It just, <laughs> it just adds, it's just, uh, an, it's just fucking great. annoying. And it seems needlessly complicated. It is. It, it, yeah. And that's kind of what people said. It, it is needlessly complicated when you could just kill them. Um, and that's a great thematic yeah. mission, but not maybe not an ITS mission. It just has this like, yeah, this odd like, Everyone gets a stun pistol in the mission, so everyone's like kind of on a level footing. And if you're a veteran, you get an ADHL. And I like the idea of it because you're because now jammers become really more, much more important. Hacking becomes much more important because you know you can you can carbonate a heavy infantry, um, but only if it's you know only matters if it's a specialist. Mm-hmm. So people then don't take mm-hmm. specialist heavy infantry, or they don't take spe- um their lieutenant isn't a heavy infantry. So it really changes list building, but it not necessarily in a good way so i'm not sure i like the mission much um yep. i don't think anyone else really liked it because they're just like oh shit i forgot this this guy had a clue gun and uh i forgot you could reset if this one on a yeah. minus three and anyway it was a little bit yeah like you say it was needlessly complicated so um probably a good idea that hunting party is no longer in its which but we played it um and then the last Oh, sorry. It was last in ITS in, in 3, yeah? Yeah, in, that's right. In 3, then 4, the immobilized changed quite a bit from memory. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah hugely. That, that was the reason why I wanted to try it, because I'm um, immobilization used to just last until the end of your turn. So being immobilized was really hard to do, because you'd have to make sure you had the last laugh, immobilize had- your opponent, and then the game ended. Yeah, you had two. two. The thing problem is you had two. Oh. You had to have A and B. Yeah, you did. The, the, uh, the glue gun did B, which could only be reset by, uh, well, gotten rid no, of by it, an engineer. engineer. That's right. Yeah. So, then, you know, you're right because they, they, everyone had stun pistols, but they were only immobilized yeah. A, which went away at the end of the turn, which was absolutely pointless unless you had the last turn of the game. Whereas now it, it, it remains in place unless you reset at minus three which to I me think, sounds I, I more think, more interesting i think i think, my, I think mobilization a still went over it just it was there was no need mm. to reset it no i yeah. think it went away it went it went away because you, you used to have a hacking program that would last for two turns there was like yeah. anyway sorry guys yeah. who are listening yeah, to this yeah, who don't know what n3 was but yeah there, there was no, there right. was this sort of shit going on yeah whatever um but either way it probably wasn't the most fun experience and it was needlessly complicated. So that was my review of Hunting Party. <laughs> and then lastly, we I played a game against attack player who got to use deactivator on me, the motherfucker. Which was which what was abs- use it, on? it was absolutely it was sublime. It was great. So <laughs> he went he went first. I Was this James? 
Yeah, yeah. I counter-deployed James, the host. Um, he was playing yeah. tech. I counter-deployed my speculative mine layer with the mine looking like basically right next to his front of it sniper. Um, that was in the in, the, in, the, in his core team, and I was like, "Cool, you want to activate this this core team? You basically have to dodge because there was nothing else that could get within range that wouldn't mm. detonate on the whole team." So what did he do? He spent his impetuous order, jumped his like his Armandino up into a building, <sighs> then spent his irregular order. Sorry, he yeah jumped his yeah, spent his irregular order to dis- now. I don't know if this is technically correct. You can do this, but we played it. You could. He discover shot his deactivator at the um mine which i think you can do because the activator is a bs attack and you can discover shoot yeah yes yeah, so, so long so long as so long as you can do that with a technical weapon there shouldn't be any reason yeah that's legit assuming you pass a discover yes yeah. so he needed to pass his discover on a seven so he did he rolled a six and then he just deactivated it on a 15 oh i'm sorry on a 16 because it's plus three plus oh. three range and you don't you don't include mimetism you don't include cover and as long as you yeah, hit, you, you just look at it. Yeah. As long as you hit, it goes away. So he was like, "Discover shoot." Discovered it. Oh, I rolled a fifteen. To, I rolled a th- whatever it is to hit. It was, and mine's uh, gone. And I was like, "Amazing!" That I thought I would have taken way more, yeah. like way more orders. I, I'll, to I'll, do. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk about it when we do the recap at Hansard Cup. But I got to discover just how cracked the deactivator is. It's a great piece of equipment if you have to use it. I mean, I'm just, I was just delighted that he got to use deactivator like that. So that was, mm. that was really good. Um, yeah. So other than that, that's, that's all that's been happening for me. Uh, Jacob, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, after Anzac Cup, I was just, just a bit tired. Um, I just wanted to have one week off. Um, but I did go and watch um, uh, Tristan and Kellum have a game, Cosmoflot versus uh spiral call actually i think mm. about it um and i was more into watching um some of the things he was pulling with the um the cosmoflot um with a a double cosmosol that link with yeah. the hmg and a t2 rifle yeah um, burst five t2 rifle in a harris which is pretty disgusting mm-hmm. um so I don't know. I, I I was looking to potentially go into Bakunin, but I'm wondering whether my attention will be both Bakunin and taking a look at Cosmoflot properly Hold on. again. You're not leaving TAC just yet, mate. We're we're in this together. Mate, comrade. Uh, I, com- I, I, I think Comrade Jacob. I think not. TAC is I think TAC is going to be like I I, I like Army I pull it often, um, in no. sort of like ca- casual no. games because if the <laughs> If, if the tournament if the tournament doesn't like fit tack it can be really rough no tack tack is now jacob not jacob sorry val's um val's iss support group it's now going to be That's val's <laughs> tack support group every it army is. this guy picks up he has to create support he has to create like a little her, like a little, little little cadre of people who also feel the way he does i, I just think need, I, saw- I need yeah just stop having a love affair with Pavel and use other things and you'll be fine. One day you'll come I'm third with Tack. One day you'll come third. Varnan, Varnan in a link is the answer. It's the okay. truth. I'm telling you. All right. We'll have to, anyway, we'll have to carry we'll, on. We'll have to, we'll have to move on because we, we want to we make this a shorter episode if we can. Not, not that we're on track for doing that at all. So uh, moving no, on from that, fine. you have news and announcements. So there's not much news. Except, well, actually, there's a really big news announcement. Um, mm. And that is that MayaCast has ended after 400 episodes. Uh, like, yeah, I, mean, I, have to li- I mean, I have to listen to it. 
you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to listen to an episode. Yeah, no, all four hundred, all four hundred. <laughs> Just all, to really, all, all, nah. All of Australia on Anzac Day was uh, remembering the Anzacs. We were remembering Mario Cars. Playing the bugle for them. Yeah, the interests. I mean, yeah, four hundred episodes. That's a that's a a lot of episodes. We haven't even hit a hundred years. Nine years, yeah. Like, and they were weekly, man. They were like, they were on it, like pretty much every week. Like bang, bang, great. bang! Like we we struggle to do one every two weeks. Like this, Mate. so the dedication for those guys was uh, incredible. Awesome. incredible. I think they said it was around twenty five days worth of content. No, wow. hold on, hold on, wait, wait, No, I think we have more content per like per minute because <laughs> their episodes were about an hour long, right? But if we put our episodes together, I think we actually made more content than them. So to be honest, like. I don't know. It's just a bit of That's right, Val. You know, right. our, our beloved, a beloved thing that we're here to say. Oh, goodbye to Val's like, yeah, fucking shit. <laughs> no, you did no, better. no. Right, we got three hours per episode. Boom. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm I guess to now, be okay. that's one less podcast we have to compete with. Um, yeah, but I wonder what will rise, what might rise from the ashes of Maya Cast, because surely, like, exactly. the, it was the leading. Infinity podcast, US, like US. what's gonna what's gonna take over from that? Is anything going? Could I haven't listened to the episode, Ed? Have you? Uh yes, I listened to it yesterday. Yeah, did oh, they did so. they talk about uh, passing the torch on or anything like that? Uh no, it was a lot of reflections on what they've talked about in the past and just generally good vibes on um, leaving on a good note, uh, yeah. things they wanted to foster and have fostered in the community, particularly in their area of the states. And worldwide as well, because they yeah. they are well, they were now the largest podcast, so they had quite an influence. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah, and yeah, no, it'll have a flow and effect to the wider Infinity community, which is which will hopefully be, yeah, which won't be good, unfortunately, because yes, I have losing such a staple like uh, community leader as they were. Um, it's never good for any community, but hopefully, um, yeah. there'll be something to replace it. Um. <laughs> Okay, uh, we'll move on. So upcoming events. So we'll just recap this. Uh, folks, you have about four or five days left to get in your uh, sign up to the Melbourne Wargaming Incorporated ITS League. Uh, it kicks off on the 1st of May. It's going to be four rounds ITS taking place over the course of eight weeks. 300 points and you can change your list between rounds, but your army is fixed. Missions will be randomly generated at the start of each round. I will be the TO for this one, so I'll be picking the missions. Uh, it was up until yesterday, going one of them was one of them was going to be hunting party, but it's not going to be anymore. So <laughs> you guys <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief for that one. Uh, $15, $15 to enter the league, but you must be a member of MWI to enter. Uh, and to enter, join MWI, basically go to the Melbourne Wargaming Incorporated Facebook page, go to our website, pay us $10 for the year, and you become a member, which is great because all that money goes back into the Melbourne Wargaming or Melbourne Infinity, um, mostly uh, community to run events and to get prizes. Um, as said before, the event is on Facebook. It's also on our LOL Discord and infinity victoria discord if you haven't already joined that a link will be up in the show notes uh i'll go on record and say yeah. that i'm gonna win this all right have you joined have you signed up yet i don't think you've signed up yet uh you i'll be signed up uh definitely signing up but um yeah okay. i'm just gonna go on record and say i'm winning it cool um i'm hoping to get some uh neat little s2 3d printed markers like the ones that you've got ed um the 3d 
ones. Yep. Those um, orange ones are excellent. Yes, they're so good. They're such a they're such yeah. a lifesaver for when you're playing games. Like the two D ones that you often get in the boxes are fine, but when you actually need to know volume of a silhouette, which often comes in mm. in, in, in really important in games, having the three D three D printed ones is yeah, it just makes the game so much easier to play. Um, so yeah. you know, the other thing I'd say is if you can try and get someone to print it in a transparent resin. Oh. oh yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, that'd be next level. Yeah, I'm gonna try and get them printed off with the logo of MWI on the top. That's the plan for me. Yes, the S2 ones anyway. Um, yeah, definitely recommend a bright color so you can see it across the table very easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah so you've got like orange ones, right? Yep. Yeah, so I was gonna get yeah, like Brian blue, white, or bright green. Yeah, I was gonna get blue, white, or red made up. Maybe white, something like that contrasts well. Um, and there's Black also and orange. Yeah, or well, I mean, like... yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you've got until the end of this month to sign up for that. Uh, like, like I say, a link to the registration form will be in the show notes and on Facebook and Discord. Uh, next up, we have Burn City Brawl. Uh, that's on the fifth and sixth of August. Tickets still available. It's, uh, seventy dollars if you purchase before the end of this month. When it goes up to seventy-five, um, the missions are cryogenics, capture and protect, frontline supplies, and decapitation. The, it's going to be taking place in Melbourne, Australia, which is where we're from, at the Flemington and Kensington Bowls Club. So it'll be um, there will be a bar on site for both days, um, and it's in a nice oh part of town with lots of lots of places to eat and drink afterwards and be merry. We are hoping to get uh, over fifty this year. Hopefully, this will be the fourth time we've run it, um, and we're looking to make it the biggest and best Infinity Australia yeah. event on the calendar. Maybe maybe we can beat CanCon. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, Ed, I spoke Go to you on the weekend. I spoke to you a few weekends ago, asking you, prodding you about it, and you were ooh, you were yep. you were you were thinking. I about certainly wants to come. Yeah, uh, I'll have to figure out logistics. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah. Tell all your friends because definitely, um, I find interstate participation in these big days makes really makes the the event for everyone yeah. involved. I think I find. You know, we, 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 we have special. Yeah, we have a, we have a, a good, good level of keenness in Canberra at the moment to go down. So mm. keep building that up and get people yeah, to don't worry. commit, including we myself. Will, we will absolutely be, pest, be pestering all you for the next few few weeks and months before the, uh, as we get into the event. Um, all right. Is there any other events that we want to talk about? Anything you want to you want to shout at yourself, Ed, before we go for a quick break? Um, so coming up in, I want to say the 4th of June, just checking that that's the Sunday. Yep. That's Sunday. Uh, so the Sunday, the 4th of June is the next Timfinity event. Um, so that is our local game events that we have every roughly six weeks in ACT. Uh, the scenarios are up. I just don't have them to hand at the moment, but it'll be agile games as it usually is. Uh, typically it starts at uh, 10 and then finishes at five. Um, more than happy to have people come in or drop in for one game, two games, whatever, whatever you um, so desire. Will you be running that, or is that uh, a Rob Cantrell special? That is a Rob special. Yeah. Uh, sure. I am aiming to be playing it. Excellent. Yeah. No, I do. Can I do love the. Oh, sorry, I do love the regularity of the events you have in Canberra. So it's good. It's good every time they pop up. I'll pop up on my feed. I'm like, yeah, you guys are pretty regular with those events. So it's good. So, so the missions are decap, capture and protect, and superiority, which, if memory serves, is one of the direct action ones. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. very cool. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, a bit of variety. 
All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, can we also we... refer to Rob as the friend, a friend of the show from now on? Sure, our friend. Yeah. We can call him Pillar yeah. of the Community as well if you want to. That's, that's <laughs> we can are these at that level? Are these at the level where he deserves one of the titles, either Pillar of the Community or Friend of the Show? You know, yeah, just, yeah, both, yeah. both. All right, folks. All right, folks. Right on that. We're gonna go for a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss Anzac Cup and uh, how Ed Perfect. went running Varuna. It. We're right back. Uh, hey folks, and welcome back to the second part of the show where we're going to break down our missions uh, and how we did at the recent Anzac Cup 2D event in Canberra. So for those of you who haven't been listening for the last few episodes, we have been touting this event that uh, Jacob, um, myself and Ed went, uh, attended. Um, it I'm was a, and yeah, we don't care about you. Uh, it was a... F- two-day but only four-round event. Uh, it was a charity event as well for Soldier On. Um, and the missions were Frontline, Centre Field, Siley Hassified, which was a custom mission that we've spoken about previously, and Rescue. Um, for my numbers, I think we did have almost 20 players, but we had a few drops towards the end. I think we ended up with 15 or 16 players, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it was 15 or 16. Yeah. Um, which was funny because there were seven of us from Victoria that went across. So almost half the field were from uh, Interstate. Yeah. Actually, no, half the field was from Interstate because we also had two people from New South Wales come down. So, um, which was nice. It's, it's, you know, we were saying before we went for a break, it's always nice to have an, an, uh, an event that has Interstate players because it makes more of a sort of festival fun atmosphere. And um, well. I know that... None of us who came down from Victoria were that disappointed that the you know that we were half the field because we got to play seven. We love each other. Seven yeah. or eight, seven or eight very you know people we haven't played before. So that was that was great. Yeah, I, I I mean I got really lucky and I think I only had to play one Victorian. And but you had to play fairness, that um, Victorian. I hadn't played him all that much, and he was it was it was great. Probably the best player I um, have played in a long time. Hey, 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 Kevin, uh, Jacob, don't let this man tear this podcast apart, right? Yeah, please. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll what we'll do is before we get into the uh, breakdown of our games, we'll just go through the sort of standings at the end of the two days because I know people would like to know that. Mm. Um, so we had Starmada taking out the event on the weekend, which was um, run by Rob Cantrell. Yeah. Um, I think we said in a previous episode that he wasn't too bummed that, uh, oh, um, that uh, he, that what was it? robots were in O12 but they're also in Starmada so he, he was playing Starmada and that was uh, he seemed to do very well in that uh, it we had pretty scary duos in Starmada when you link him with an Oko bot for more orders absolutely yeah I wonder how that will change when season 15 comes in yeah we'll, have you we'll... played that list that he ran um Ed uh, yes spoiler alert yeah, I played against Rob round 4 <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah yeah so yeah so we had we had uh Rob uh, in first with Starmada. We had uh, Ed with Varuna in, in second. And then we had uh, Ivory, who's yes, been on the, the show, show before. Yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, with White Company in third. Mm-hmm. So as you'll see from there, there were no Victorians in the top three. 
Um, sorry, sorry, well, Victoria, we failed I you. I wasn't there, so what can I say? You know, <laughs> we, were half, we were half the field, but it's okay though because in fourth place was um, Jacob with uh, with tax. So yeah, the highest performing Victorian on the weekend. Yes. So well done, well done, comrade. Congratulations um, to that. Um, we also then we also had a fairly um, and, and like it was an interesting field of of other armies. We had um, we had JSA in fifth. We had Bakunin sixth and seventh. Uh, Rama eighth. Nomads ninth. Mo tenth. HB or Assassins eleventh. Morat's twelfth. Toha thirteenth. Ariadna in fourteenth. And then bringing up the rear with Drews in fifteenth, um, which is unfortunately it's not it's not where they belong, but it's where they were. Um, it's it may not be where they belong but it's certainly where they live <laughs> certainly where they live yeah that's right that's right oh, you, you, uh, I, I, i'll be honest every single time i get up and someone's like even if for the most part when someone says they're playing an na2 that's not jsa or spiral call yeah. especially if they say deruse i'm like this guy's here just fuck around and have a good time <laughs> yeah, but it also means it also makes it much harder if you if you then lose to that player because then you're like you kind of go into it going oh yeah this is a, an easier game and you're like oh no <laughs> oh no I didn't, I did, I didn't say they were I didn't, I did that I didn't say they were planning to lose no no yeah I get you I get you I mean we, we had um, any any player with white company taking it third fielded by fielded by Zephyr um, <laughs> to be fair that's a it's a it's a it's a what's it, a pano adjacent sectoral. Would you yeah, call he it? Kept, he, kept, yeah. he, he kept mentioning how he is like very slowly weaning himself off Pano by getting into one company. <laughs> and sure, then yeah. wanting to have Pano tags the whole time in one <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other uh, the other white meat. Um <laughs> to the credit of the Drews player, I believe they only played day one because they had other events on, on day two. Uh, so that's correct. Yes. Yes. No, you're right. Yeah, very nice. You are yeah. right. Um so what's Let's let's kick it off then with our army lists for the weekend. Um, do we wanna let's let's go with you first then, Ed? If that makes sense mm -hmm. to you, Jacob. If you're happy to bring up the old streaming, yeah, can you stream? Yeah. Bring up the cutter list first, please. Uh, oops, sorry. There you go. All right. Let's. Yes, if you make that bigger. Yes, perfect. Thank you very much. That makes my life easier. And of the. Whoa, so big. I, 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 got, I got to point out just quickly before we go over, I don't think I've ever seen someone like organize their lists like in a more analytical way than Ed. He's got the date on them. And, yeah. it, no, no, and not only that, but in a way that would organize itself. Um, no. Uh, I'm in order, order, order. Yep. Uh, it's I'm almost better. as if I work in IT and have to deal with this crap all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. system's better. The, rever the reverse, the reverse no, date is is much appreciated. Although I do prefer to have twenty twenty three at the start as opposed to twenty three, but that's that only really matters, I guess, if you're um in working it from the twentieth century backwards, right? Yeah, hmm. yeah. So I suppose I should go through this list then. So Ooh. it is a six nine split, not a ten five split, and that is a very deliberate reason. So starting with the small group, which is actually group one in this list because I typically put my small groups at the top oh, because no, they're you're, you're, easier to you're make. You're one of those. You're one of those. Yes, I'm <laughs> one of those because when I'm building for lists and when I'm building spiral lists, the first things <laughs> I put in are two helots, whatever your cheap order body is, the whatever the main thing is, and then a, a specialist. Mm. So in this case, uh, it's a cutter list. So it starts with a cutter in the small group. 
my cutter is my lieutenant in this case, uh, and that way this cutter has plenty of orders to play with. Yes, I lose the ability to um, hit and deploy it because I'm not going to take the risk of not having an ARO if I'm going second. I'm not. I'm just not that sort of player. But typically when, and this is Zephyr's words, not mine, when you run a cutter list, the warp, the game warps around the cutter. Mm. And what I've found when I've been running the cutter is that everyone keeps the head down, so the cutter has nothing to do on turn one. Mm -hmm. So why have it in your main combat group is not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And being in a 6-9 split means you can spend a command token later on, move it into the main combat group when it is time to start applying cutter to the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After that's a color lieutenant. That's a great observation, actually. I really like that. Mm -hmm. So after the color lieutenant is two flashy boys, or Fugazi drone bots in this case, because it's Pano, uh, just seven point flash pulses. I do not typically put them on Overwatch duty, apart from watching the back line for random drop groups, um, because I value those orders too highly in order to fuel the cutter. Mm. Uh, next is the specialist in the combat group. In this case, because it's a cutter list, you don't have much points to have anything worthwhile. So it's just a tech B. Again, not really on Overwatch unless there is literally no buttons to press. Uh, and then we have two helots. In this case, we have one light rocket launcher helot and one shock marksman helot. Now, from my experience from Spiral Core, typically two helots is the correct number of helots I found because as they are restricted to your deployment zone, as these are the neurocinetic helots, not the liberto helots, there's only so many good places where a helot can go. Yeah. Because dish from that, you do not want them to have line of sight beyond 24 inches into their bad range while still being good range for HMGs and sniper rifles. Mm -hmm. You want your opponent to spend orders to get within 24, then have to spend more orders to discover, and then spend more orders to try and kill it. Because helots yeah. usually take a while to kill. Yeah, so so for, for, sort of for like Trent a... out there, you can't intuitive attack. Don't intuitive attack the Hillot. Yeah, do not intuitive attack the Hillot because the Hillot will go full burst into you <laughs> and go, okay, you're rolling one dice, I'm rolling two or three. <laughs> Have fun, question mark. Uh, what's that line from Tropic Thunder? Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, so to summarize, the small group is Cutter, Flashy Boy, Flashy Boy, Tech B, Hillot with Light Rocket, Hillot with Shock Marksman. Then we get to the other group. So again, this is nine troopers, not 10, because this is a six, nine split. Uh, and the first five troopers are all Fusiliers. So it's a pure Fusilier calling. So there's two chumps. Uh, one of them's pretending to be left-handed, but it's really it's the cutter. Uh, then you've got a Fusilier paramedic who's there to help pick up the other Fusiliers when they go down. Then a multi-sniper and a missile launcher. Now, many Pano players don't seem to like taking two big guns in their Fusilier link, and I deliberately do so so that I have multiple turns of ARO. Typically, yeah, no. the missile launcher is up on turn one, and then later on when it goes down, or if I need to go into active mode, uh, the sniper comes out to play. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Uh, also, because it's a cutter list, a lot of your points are in the cutter, so you don't have a lot of points left over to uh, have other big guns in your list. Yeah, No, you really don't. Next up, Nidal Montessa Paramedic. Um, so... Nino Montessas are really good. They've been talked about a lot on this podcast. They are <laughs> yes. very fast. They're 8-6 they're movement. They're not 8-4 movement. So uh, they have mimetism all the time. <laughs> they are not the only trooper which has mimetism all the time on a bike. The, the um, O12 bikers also have mimetism all the Lock time. Lockkeepers do as well, yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, in this case, it's a paramedic for the scenarios. So it's boarding shotgun and paramedic. And also, with there being a cutter, a lot of ARO pieces are going to be sitting down, so your boarding shotgun can get into that nice range to apply templates to the problem, assuming you can mm. get through a hacking network. 
And then bullet shotguns like sixteen inch range, really, because you move eight and then you shoot eight, right? So mm. it's like twenty four if you want to shoot in your zero band. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so um, no, it's awesome, awesome. Um, briefly on the mind of my Tessa, it's sort of fifty fifty as to whether it's angry or whether it's calm, uh, depending oh, on the no. opponent and whether I'm going first. If I'm going first, it's more likely to be angry. If I'm going second, it's al- almost always going to be calm. So it can mm. take cover if the opponent can get some random shots into it. Mm-hmm. Nice, that's a good idea. Really good idea. Next up is your mandatory machinist because you're taking a cutter, you need to have a machinist. Uh, in this case, it has two friends uh, and it is the cheaper machinist. It, I did not spend the two points to give it mimetism. Why would you exactly? Yep. Yep. Uh, next is the mandatory peacemaker. Um, oh, is your peacemaker going to be the uh, shotgun variants with a heavy flame ox bot? Mm-hmm. In Veruna, only Ava one, so you can only have one, so I've got one. Gotcha. And then last, and certainly not least, is the Zulu Cobra killer hacking device. Mm. Uh, they're both specialist and to be a killer hacker so that if you run into a sort of a mediocre hacking network with mm. either like years or cappers behind it, you can just go up and blow their brains out. Spend turn one going and blowing up some brains and then your cutter can, or Nine Tesla can just run the field because there's no hackers left. Does not work with the nomads. Do not try it into nomads. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> list is literally just... Sorry, oh, go sorry. Ahead, no, no, go ahead. I was going to say, this list is truly, well and truly revolves around the cutter. Like, everything is there for the cutter. Yep. Holy yep. shit. This is list is entirely about the cutter, supporting the cutter, getting rid of problems the cutter cannot solve, and then some random specialists in there because the cutter, yes, there is a crab bot, but it's whip 11. What's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, a quick question on the helot. So you had one that's the nine point version and one that's a thirteen point version. Was that just because you had points left, or do you particularly prefer the one profile over the other? Um, I view the light rocket and the shock marksman equally. Um, they do perform slightly different roles. The light rocket having an SMG as its sidearm means it's better in close range than the shock marksman. Um, but it's very much a flex point as to whether I have half an SWC or whether I value those four points uh, more or less. Okay. In Spiral, I tended to have one and one because Spiral is quite SWC expensive. And thus far in my Varuna um, learnings, uh, having two of the 9.1s has been slightly better because you typically want to have a hacker and that leaves you with one SWC sort of floating that you can't really spend on a HMG unless you're taking a Kamau HMG. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, because I think typically I've seen the light rocket launcher being used, you know, both of them um, mm. rather than one and one. But I, I, I like, you know, I guess the additional burst is also useful. Yes. Um, also, the light rocket launcher is probably slightly better because of the pie plate. But if you're playing into scenarios with depression zones, you want the shock marksman because nothing's worse than the burst mm. one helmet. Yeah, ah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very clever. No, that's awesome. Mm. So cool. what happens? What happens in this list when they just hide from you? You've literally—I don't see anything that's good in like up close except the knight, Montessa. Um, it, it does become all about the knight. So even when they're hiding everything, the cutter can usually get a line on something, either by yeah. just by being tall enough or having yeah. a nice vault onto somewhere, and it'll spend its few orders just doing that, then running away and recountering. Yeah. Uh, maybe if it's a scenario intense, uh, button pressing scenario, you can use those orders on the tech B to run forward and press a button. Mm. Um, because, I mean, it's a whip 12, so it's going to take a few times to yeah. press that button. Um, and then there's always just moving the health up because there's nothing more annoying than a hell in the midfield. Of course. 
Yeah, no, I yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Cool. All right, do you want to have a look at your second list? Yep. So I'd, I'd, I'd just add quickly, if you're doing some other scenario, well, let's say, I mean, we were playing Frontline, but Supremacy or something like that, that kind of moves into a zone, yep. sits there, it, it guarantees, you know, that you hold that zone, it's keeping mm-hmm. it in a camouflage state. And then, yeah, again, like you're saying, you take the Tech B, press a button, Paramedic, press a button. I think I think there are very few scenarios where you'll look at your first turn and go, I've got practically nothing to do. Like, you'll achieve something, even if it's just to assure that that turn is a draw. Yeah, you'll always... There are some opponents and there are some situations where this list does not work, and that is where the second list comes in. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. All right, so so the title of this one is 230411 Squallow HC. Now, HC for me stands for Highly Classified. So this list was the list I was going to drop into Highly Classified because I knew that the other list would not have the diversity of specialists needed for, well, mm-hmm. clearly Hassified or whatever it actually yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The other thing this list does is it solves for nomads. Varuna has a serious problem with nomads and there is like three or four nomad players playing the various sectorals in Canberra. So if you do not have a plan for nomads, you're going to have a bad time in Canberra. Yeah, right. And we cannot blame the Bakunin update for this because they were all playing Bakunin <laughs> or nomads before the Bakunin update was even a whisper. I see. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we cannot be angry at the nomads in uh, no. Canberra because I've been playing nomads since forever. That's it. That's no, it. just be angry okay. at them all the time because they're playing nomads. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So what's the let's 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 go through this list. So again we'll start from the small group. Again, it is a six nine split. Uh having played it, there's some refinements to this list that could happen, but well, that's neither here nor there. Yep. So the smaller group, uh Pathfinder Drumbot, that's the Ford Observer bot. They're amazing you know, in the current ITS. If you are running highly classified or some variant of it, you should have one. You should consider having two of them because they do so many classifieds. Uh, next up is Peacemaker. Um, again, it's mandatory basically in Pano to run a Peacemaker if you have them um, because they make give that midfield repeater presence and give you a road, bo- road bump for your opponents to deal with. And sometimes you can just throw an Oxbot forward and have some fun burning th- things. Uh, next. There's a tag in this list, so you're going to have to have a machinist. So next up is a machinist with two friend bots. Again, it's also for highly classified. You're going to want a machinist in there for test run and for retroengineering. Uh, so lo and behold, we have a machinist. Mm-hmm. And then the group finishes up with three helots. So there's two light rocket launcher helots and one shock marksman helot. Mm-hmm. Now, I do understand that I said not five minutes ago that two helots is the correct number. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very deliberate reason why there is three helots here, and that is because of rescue. Because you want mm. extra ARUs out there for rescue, because yeah. you are not going to be able to um, push forward into that exclusion zone, and you want your opponent to have to deal with things yeah. rather than just being run across the table, grab a, grab a civilians and run back. And they, sure. they'd be good road bumps, um, even for highly classified, put it near the um, HVT, and they've got to deal with them. Yeah, yep. exactly. And helots are shock immune, which makes paramedicing them amazing. And cool. extra oh, frustrating for your opponent. That's, that's a good, good point. Very yeah. good point. Someone, yeah. dro- someone, someone drops uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, experimental, experimental medicine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. All right. And spoiler alert, I did drop ex- experimental drug for that purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very good. 
Right, so that's the six troops in the little group. In the big group, we got nine troops. Again, there's a Fusilier Corps, this time with six members, not five. So we have our Fusilier Lieutenant, um, a regular Fusilier, a Fusilier Hacker. That hacker will typically not start the game with the link. Um, and I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Fusilier Paramedic, Fusilier Multi-Sniper, and Fusilier Missile Launcher. So at the start of the game, it's the same Fusilier Core link that's in the other list, with the hanger sort of hacker sort of hanging out somewhere nearby, ready to reform into that link um, when the time comes. Now, why is the hacker not in the link most of the time? So that when your opponent has a killer hacker and just launches a pitcher right next to your hacker, it can't remove two points of Blizzard skill from your hard ARO without having to face a gun. Nice. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and also looking at your members, your link team there, there's no other member that you'd necessarily want out of that fire team either? No, not really, because you want your lieutenant to be in there for six cents mm -hmm. so they can dodge spec fires. You exactly. want your chunk to be in there to be the decoy. You want yeah. your paramedic to be in there for the plus one burst, and you want your guns to be in there. So it yeah. just makes sense. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, no, it's, it's a tough one. But I, I think your yeah, hacking makes sense because yeah, you, they can't just yeah, break, potentially yeah, cut your link down. Mm. Yeah, and if you're relying on that hard arrow into, say, a nomad or a combined army player, you want it to be at full ballistic skill. You don't want them to have an easy way of using bits to Trinity or poor hacker to pieces. No, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, next up, again, another nine one Tessa paramedic. Um, this one in particular, paramedic because of higher classified and uh, mm. really good for rescue. So kind of run across the table, yeah. grab a civilian, grab two civilians even because it's a specialist, and then run back. Oh fuck! Yep. yep, yeah, that's a real thing. When you're on eight six motorcycle, you just you've just got like two pillion passengers just being like, like taking you home. Come um, with me if you want to live. To live. Well, yeah, he's got a basically. spare helmet, right? So. Yeah, well, he does. <laughs> <laughs> be a bit disappointed uh, if a bike that's carrying a dude in heavy armor can't put two normal like people on on exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll skip one element for a moment for those watching on screen, uh, and then just go back to go down to the bottom, which is another Zulu Cobra kill hacker. Again, you want a hacker for all those specialists, uh, specialist um, classifieds. Uh, it is a Zulu Cobra is a veteran, so it can do all those scenario classifieds as well. Pretty good gunfighter, being BS thirteen, and again, kill a hacker because mm. you're running a tag in this list. I ran a tag in both lists, and that tag in this case is the Squallow with grenades. Yes. <laughs> now, that was a very key piece in solving the Nomad problem because Varuna does not have pieces that can dig in and get out uh, things like um, deployable repeaters from that new observance uh, lady or mm -hmm. Morans if you're playing against other variants of Nomads. Mm -hmm. So having an option, even if it's a bad option, to roll a spec fire on a 9 to get rid of a repeater, can save lives and does save lives in uh, some games. <laughs> Indeed, and pano yeah, lives matter. Some, apparently, sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm glad that they got rid of the plus three range bands for what used to be heavy grenade launchers. Because yeah. mm -hmm. the swallow and the lizard, which are both the same, I think the same ballistic skill, could spec no. fire on elevens. I think. Uh, so the Squallow is one higher ballistic skill yeah. than a lizard because it's pain attack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so looking at this list then, they're they're basically the same as the cutter list, except you're using the points spare from down, downgrading or whatever to a Squallow to get yourself an, an extra member in the fire team and an extra Helot, is that correct? Uh, and a Pathfinder instead of the um, uh, Tech B. Oh, right. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yep. 
Uh, also, a little thing with this list, the Nino Montessa and the Scolo is a valid duo. So you can bring the, the, uh, the Scolo up, uh, have it slingshot the Nino Montessa and have it do some terrible things. Very That's cool. cool. Very, Very cool. cool. Don't forget, the Squallow, don't forget the Squallow has a multi-pistol. I wonder if that came in use at all. Probably not. Uh, it did not in my games thus far. Okay. A multi-pistol? Uh, yes, it does. The other thing with the grenade Squallow, it's a damage 15 grenade launcher. Yeah. It's got plus one yeah. damage for being a tag and then plus one damage because that's what's on the profile, yeah. Yeah, which makes it that much more efficient than, say, a fully linked Fusilier grenade launcher. Yeah, even though it's the same ballistic skill. That would be that would be the same with almost any tag with a grenade launcher, isn't it? Nope. Uh, I have, I nope. Have I have, no, it's not um, because I have to pay yeah. an extra uh, eleven points to get that on the Maggie, and I don't get the plus one damage grenade launcher. Um, <laughs> the damage fourteen instead. Yeah, yeah. The lizard doesn't get it either. I'm pretty sure it's just the skull that gets that because I remember it was the only one. I think it was the only one in, in the old yeah. in, in the in the old testament uh, that used to get it. The lizard does get a plus one grenade. I was just wondering because I haven't looked at like I haven't looked at the replacement for the heavy grenade launcher pretty at all. So I was just oh. interesting to look at it now. Oh, the, yeah. the, the yeah. lizard does get the plus one damage. Yeah. Oh, so plus two damage. Is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, just 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 Maggie, Maggie. It doesn't get that. Yeah. Oh, well, suck shit. Oh, Maggie slam. So okay. One thing to note with the squalor grenade launcher, you don't have an NCO squalor, so you do lose one order. Yeah. You lose, yeah. Right, but yeah, no. you do get back half an SWC and like four or five points for mm -hmm. not having the NCO. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Cool. So um, this list was planned to for highly classified and for if I ran into nomads, and then it was pretty good into rescue as well because it had a few extra humans compared to the cutter list. But my plan was to run the cutter list whenever I could. Nice. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to go into the next uh, list? And we'll we just do it. We'll do everyone's list, and then we'll do everyone's missions. Uh, all right. So me. Okay. Cool. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to enhance that for me, Jacob, on the chat? Zoom in. Zoom. Yeah. Thank you. Enhance. All right. Okay. So my. I've already talked about this before in the cast, but my plan for this weekend, that weekend, was to run two Magriba guards. Didn't really have much confidence in their performance, but I thought I'd give it a go anyway. So. Um, one of my lists, I did, I did take two lists because I didn't want to be completely, I don't want to completely screw myself over if I ran into an opponent or a table where two Maggies would just be like, you lose. Um, but this was the first list. So we have uh, a Magriba with a Mind Dispenser in a duo with Layla Sharif. Uh, so Layla Sharif is a killer hacker with shock marksman rifle, EM mind decharges, the works, 20 points. She's really good. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, you can do it with the Maggie um, for really good. So this is the Maggie Guard with the multi-HMG, heavy flamethrower, plus one burst, mind dispenser, um, and the AP heavy pistol. And then we have another duo of the other Maggie Guard, which is the multi-HMG, heavy rocket launcher, and grenade launcher, without the plus one damage. Um, damage 14. Yes, just, just damage 14. Uh, but right. with heavy pistol, plus one burst, which is quite nice. Uh, in a duo with the Rafik Red Fury. Now, the way the reason why I ran them in this duo was because the Magariba. Um, oh, actually, no, this isn't the way I ran them. Sorry, because that's not quite right. But anyway, the way I actually ran them was the one with the heavy rocket launcher would be in a duo with Layla Sharif. Reason for that is the Magariba with the heavy rocket launcher does not have a template weapon, but Layla Sharif does have EM mines. 
And the point of that was to have the Leia Sharif could at least place an EM mine if I was concerned about, you know, someone coming in close. Um, whereas the one where the mind dispenser would be in a duo with the Red Fury Rafik because the one with the mind dispenser already has a heavy flame floor. So basically they're kind of like trying to counter each other's weaknesses. Um, so that was that duo. We have Carmen and Batard, a beast hunter with the heavy rocket launch, sorry, heavy flamethrower and Panzerfaust. Uh, we have two Ghulams, one of them posing as the lieutenant, the other one being a decoy. Uh, we have a Najeron engineer um, with two friend bots. Now, of course, the Magribas are not um, uh, remote presence, but it's still worth taking a, an engineer anyway when you're putting more than half of your army, uh, more than half of your points into two tags. So he was kind of a given. And also he's useful in things like highly classified. Uh, then we have a Fenus to round out group one. And then in group two, I have a single lonely war core. Um, so yeah, you don't get too much when you put in two Maggies into a list. <laughs> you quickly run out of points. Um, but yeah, that was that was that list. Um, the plan for this list was, I mean, really just to try to apply Magriba to a problem. Um, you know, I have one with mine dispenser, so I can shoot mines up the table. Uh, try to ham up my opponent. Try to arrow fork my opponent if I can. Put my, you know, put mines out, then come around the corner and shoot with the HMG. And then the reason why I took the heavy rocket launcher, heavy sorry, heavy rocket launcher, grenade launcher version, is because I wanted to have similar to what Ed says. I wanted to have an answer to deployable repeaters and repeaters and hackers on rooftops. Yep. Um, I don't do to it as well. That. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, to be honest, the list has actually got a little bit of quite a bit of variety between the Rafiq, Layla, the Beast Hunter, and the Carmen. I think you've got a good uh, set of variety in all, all things considered, of course. Mm. You, you kill a hacker, you got pitches, you got a uh, a medium range weapon, uh, you got Carmen, so like an impetuous troop, and you got a um, or deploying camouflage troop. I think you fit it. You've managed to fit in quite a good variety uh, in the list for considering you've got two tags. Yeah, I think that list can do every classified as well because you've got the paramedics inside the Maragaribas for the doctors. Yeah, that's right. I think he's done pretty well, to be honest. This Kevin. Yeah, the, this you're you're right. This list actually can do quite a lot of classifies because Batard has sensor as well as the Rafik has sensor. Mm -hmm. um, Carmen's also a veteran. Layla's a veteran. Layla's also a hacker with D charges. In I think Siley Hassified, you can also nominate one of the tags to be your master breacher, who then just will get D charges. But they, of course, mm -hmm. the Magri the pilot also has D charges, so mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, so between all those troops, you have quite a lot of variety of um, of classifieds. And then yeah, mm -hmm. I guess Carmen and Batard are your sort of somewhat disposable pieces that are used to yeah. clear. Clear midfield camo, go on a turn one bum rush, try to disrupt the opponent so that the Magribas can do their do their jobs. Um, and like 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 I said, yeah, the hit, the grenade launcher again was just sort of there in case I needed it, in case I had a problem I couldn't unpack with just applying BS fourteen HMGs to the problem. Um, and we'll get into the games, but I think after that weekend, um, I found the I've now see the value in that. In paying those additional three points, um, yeah, oh, but, awesome. yeah, that was that. So that was um, 
that was list one. Uh, list number two. This is more of uh, a list I'm just trying out. Well, I've been trying it for a while, trying to make it work. Um, I did a few adjustments for the weekend just because of the mission lineup, but it is a, um, what we've got here, I think it's a 9-6 split. Yeah, I think a 9-6 split in this one. Mm -hmm. Yes, a 9-6 nine, six split in this one. Yep. So we have in group one, we have a Ghulam core. So we have a Ghulam, Ghulam Lieutenant plus one command token, Ghulam Doctor, Ghulam Hacker. Then we've got a Zed and Missile Launcher. So five five member fire team. Obviously, Zed and Missile Launcher gives me a BS-18 Missile Launcher. And then the four remaining guys in there are really just to give him the BS-18. Um, I've got a Doctor in there to get the Zayden back up if he doesn't go completely to dead. And then um, the Lieutenant plus one command token, I don't always like including it. But if I find I have the points, I tend to just have it there because, mm. you know, going first, um, being able to hold back two reserves and solving four command tokens can be useful. Nice. Um, then we had a duel of a Namur tactical awareness with breaker rifle light shotgun, uh, duoed with a Mukhtar MSV2 Red Fury. I'm finding I'm really enjoying this kind of duel. Um, I used to run something like this in a Harris, but I mm -hmm. find being able to... I lose plus one, I lose a burst, but I gain like 20 to 30 points that I can spend on something else. And I yes. don't really feel like I lose an awful lot. Like sure, the plus one burst and the plus one burst in reactive is great, but this duo can still do everything. Like I've got a burst four, um, damage 13, red fury with BS 13, MSV2 and mimetism. And then I've got a Namur that just kind of does everything else. Like it pushes buttons, yeah, it fights in CC, it climbs yeah. things, it's total immune, it's it just it's does all. so much stuff that I, yeah, I find this is, duo really, really useful. Yeah, there is something to be said as well for having um, like a lower profile. Yep. Yeah, yeah. As in, like two models instead of three being put. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Sure. Yep. Yeah, yep. And very and I, scary on the opposite side of the table, right? <laughs> and yeah. um, and I, and as you you were saying there, um, yeah, uh, Ed, because it's two members, I I sometimes use that as my reserve so i will hold back two two uh, models and deploy both of them as my reserve sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes i wish it was just my reserve was carmen or my reserve was a beast hunter because often that you know it's it's fewer points that i can apply to a problem and not be too fussed if it whiffs but if i deploy yep. those two as my reserve apply it to a problem and they whiff then that's like considerable more investment that that fails but um it's an option I have, and I quite I quite enjoy doing it sometimes because yeah. find that people don't know what to expect. Um, then we have, an, then we're rounding out that that team, uh, rounding out that first combat group. We have another duo of a Rafiq Red Fury duoed with Layla Sharif, and I also find this duo to be very useful. Um, again, because we've got a Killer Hacker duoed with a Repeater. They they both complement each other with well, they both have twenty four inch range guns. Uh, they're both reasonable shots. Um, they're both specialists, um, and yeah, they they again for things like Sally Hasify, they just do a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, so I really enjoy them. Um, then group two, we have um Carmen, Carmen and Batard, two mm. Finnish flash pulse bots, a missile launcher bot, a beast hunter uh, with Panzerfaust and the camel version, and then rounding it out, we have a Tuareg hacker who is the hidden deployment infiltration. Um, skirmisher 
Um, so this second combat group is a bit of a play on what I normally do. Normally it's Carmen, three Fenus Flashballs bots, a Beast Hunter, and then like something else like a Tuareg or a um, Nahab or a Hakim, some kind of like mm-hmm. midfield or drop drop um, AD piece that can solve a problem for me. Um, but in this in this particular list, I found I had some points spare, so I dropped one of the Fanus and upgraded it to a missile bot because I realized I had um, because I had the SWC and like sometimes just standing up a missile bot in as an aero piece can be good. Um, and also because I had a Tuareg hacker, I figured, well, maybe I can get some guided off if I absolutely yeah. have to. I mean, you get the twerk and the the ghoul arm, so you and the can ghoul arm as well. Gets, yeah. gets too close to the Rafik. And I've got th- yeah, I've got three repeaters on the on the table as well. Well, yeah, the twerk, if you play anything like I did my uh, ninja, uh, the guide is a really good. Um, I'm, I'm maybe option. maybe I took that maybe I took a leaf out of your book as well, Val. Perhaps that's that. Um, no, no, no I'm not, yeah, but but I'm saying that it actually is a really strong combo having a hidden employment hacker and a uh, um, guided. Yeah, tool, but let's uh, but let's face it, this list was really only going to be fielded if I ran up against a table where I physically couldn't hide both my Maggies. Because my intention sure. of the weekend was just to run the Maggies Maggie. as a meme, do the meme, have fun. have fun, but only run it if I was like, this is going to be a bad time for me if I don't. Um, that's why this, this list was added. So, uh, that's that. Uh, Jacob? Oh, now I have to explain myself. I mean, yeah, you All don't right. have to explain yourself too much. You can just go through it if you want, but yeah, um, yeah whatever's easy. Okay, so I'm running tag for Anzac Cup. Um, this is my, um, I suppose, just sort of a general uh, mm-hmm. purpose um, list. The idea of this one is is um, is in part to be able to try and if a rescue, I know it says frontline at the top of rescue, um, to try and have the antipode potentially um, chase down anyone who has um, anyone who has uh, one flash. of the HVTs. Oh, right, sorry. Um, because as soon as you do anything in Civivac other than move, you drop the HVT. So if they give them in combat and he wants to do anything other than die, he drops no, it, don't. and then that's good enough. Pretty what? Sure. No, oh, maybe I think I'm passive act. Doesn't matter. No, it doesn't no, matter. Doesn't, no, 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 nothing you do will drop the thing unless yeah. uh, maybe if you go if you go into camouflage state or suppressive fire, yeah. maybe you drop it. Camo. If you become isolated. If you join a fire team. If you become part of a coordinated order. Okay. I'm thinking... I, sorry, I, I, I'm thinking of Casavac then. Sure. Um, I don't think Casavac changes either. I but think I, he's anyway. thinking of what Rob Cantrell did when with the supply crate where he engaged you and you can't be in control of it. Maybe you're thinking of that. Yeah. It d- d- well, doesn't matter. It was there, it was there to try and kill the carriers. Sure. Um the front of AP sniper, MSV1, Vet Kazakh, front of paramedic, um, is sort of a standard thing. I've started running um at the moment. I find it's really strong. The front of it, um uh, multi-spectral visor, AP sniper rifles a decent ARO. Um, um, with the the smoke spectral visor, it means that smoke is not as good, at, like is not as good as getting close to them. Um, obviously, if you get too close, all the front of X have AP pistols. 
Um, the Vet Kazakh is there, to, and it's also there because I found that the Vet Kazakh sometimes needs to get too close to really good ARO pieces, mm. um, other HMGs and stuff like that. So the AP sniper rifle is able to sit back, take that further shot, mm. um, where you can, like, I've had cases where I've looked, I, I, or more importantly, I've had cases where I'm looking at a missile launcher and I need the range to, yeah, be able to touch that missile this, yeah. launcher. Without. Um, or the heavy rocket launcher, the bloody the heavy rocket launcher, more out thing, right? You want to be outside 32. Yeah, well, like I said, it's either you're trying to outrange your opponent over the 32, um, but more often than not, it's when I'm looking at a, something with a long range, like a missile mm-hmm. launcher, that I need also that reach to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Strelic Mine Layer and Strelic Forward Observer. Um, pretty self-explanatory. The mine layer is there to put down mines and be confusing, as well as sort of a throwawayable um, ARO piece. Not this particular mine layer. Um, I'll get to the second group in a second. Two tractor mules, just auto monkeys. It is frontline. The idea was that they would get into and hold my um, deployment zone, but I kind of shut that down. I'll go back to this particular profile in a second. Uh, like I said, antipode um, handler. Mm-hmm. Um, if used right, I found that you've got to try and use her smoke launcher mm-hmm. a lot more than I used to. Um, it is worth um, standing her up, like if you have a prone, standing her up, firing a rocket launcher, then because they all activate at the same time because mm-hmm. it's peripheral control, the next order you do to move your dogs, she just goes prone again. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't no, think I took, there's I took that leaf out of your book. I, yeah. I, don't, I, I honestly don't think there's any situation where you won't spend the tack awareness order and mm-hmm. then at least one more order. Yep. Uh, Strelic forward observer, more for just classifieds. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be able to do the forward observing ones, the ones for the HVT, ones for the um, so HVT designation and uh, yeah, 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 uh, telemetry, telemetry is the other one. Um, and Ermandino for smoke, um, yeah, for smoke, <coughs> yeah, for an additional smoke for having, um, uh, for being able to do engineer classifiers as well, mm-hmm. um, as well as being a, a good piece sort of run up into someone's face. Yeah, they're um, stupid good. Ermandinos are stupid good. Yeah, I, I, I find the Ermandinos, especially in TAC, you often, if if you're doing something, um, they're, some, they're kind of sometimes they're just as like a lesser dog warrior, but they are eight points compared to 24. Oh. So they're, they're, th- they're a third of the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. They are warbands yeah. that just kind of just mm. make your life yeah. difficult. And they're your smoke, <laughs> yeah. which they're, 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 they're cheap smoke. Hmm? Cheap and yeah, no, smoke exactly. Well. Yeah, exactly. Very reliable smoke. Um, yeah. I think the main, the main thing is, is what I found is when you put a dog warrior on the field and you say, that's my dog warrior, someone will put a big-ass gun with some sort of MSV looking directly at it, and you yeah. cannot use that dog warrior for the rest of the game. They do not do the same thing to an Ermandino. Yep, for sure. True. Right. Uh, so going back to the last profile I didn't cover is the Spetnaz parachutist. When I was practicing for Anzac, I kept finding situations where I was like, I just wish I had something that was right there in the side to shoot something. Right? There were like there were tags mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. couldn't get to safely. 
um, without like spending a bunch of orders and having maybe like two to mm -hmm. take out the tag, something like that. And so I decided I would take a look at the Spetnaz Parachutist AP rifle, mm -hmm. and I'll, like I'll talk about it throughout our games, but it is just. I would probably say the best, one of the best, if not the best profile in tank, right? It just, like, with stealth uh, martial arts, it just, it looks at not just one thing, it looks at a whole bunch of things. It just goes, that's dead, that's dead, that's dead. Yeah, that's mm. pretty cool. Uh, second group, um, Spetnaz um, AP sniper rifle. So this is the one that has the decoy. It's in your deployment zone. Again, very similar to the front of it. It's there because it can reach out to um, touch uh, long-range missile launchers, other snipers, um, and also get the, uh, which did happen in one of my games, uh, the shooting at a, um, a TR bot, and yep. they can't shoot back because it's negative mm -hmm. 12 to hit. Yeah. Uh, yep. Strelic Mine Layer, that one is sort of a throwaway ARO, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. where it... Um, it's there. Use the mine again. Like it, it's a, it's a mine layer um, sure. with decoy. So I, I found that if you have all your um, midfield things standing up, it just like starts this process of absolute confusion where um, your opponent just doesn't know like what they need to take a look at. They don't know which one's the mine, which one's the decoy, which one's the forward observer. It just slows their game down. Yeah. Right, allows you to get through their first turn. Relatively unhurt, so you can get into your first turn. Yep. Um, then Line Kazakh Lieutenant, common theme, I think, through all these lists, Line Kazakh Decoy, mm -hmm. um, and then just the Line uh, Kazakh Paramedic, Paramedic potentially um, to put near the Spetnaz so it can throw a med kit and hopefully get it up. Spetnaz is Fizz 12. They yeah, can yeah, get yeah. Up good, chance. good chance. No, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. Our is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got the extra fizz, right? Yeah. So as through the throughout the fashion, so why not? Yeah, mm -hmm. it was it was also sort of if I felt like I needed this army for um, Carly Hassified, mm. like I, I could potentially see using using it. Yep. Um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, that cool. was uh, this list. All right. What's your is your is this your second uh, second list? Yeah. So my second list. So this one was made specifically for. Kylie Hassified. Yep. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, this one was made specifically for Kylie Hassified with the idea that as soon as I said that I was playing an Ariadna faction, they the anybody would go, okay, they look through their deck, they go and grab HVT espionage, and uh, there's another one that the can hacking, only be that, done by hackers, the hacking one, right, yeah. and just go bam bam and put them down. So, mm -hmm. um, Again, uh, Strelic Forward Observer to be able to do forward observing stuff. The Spetnaz Parachutist AP uh, Rifle. Mm -hmm. Th this profile is awesome because it's also, I think it's elite, so it can yeah. do uh, the yeah, net undermining. Yeah, yeah. It has decharges, so it can do sabotage. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it can do a whole bunch of um, uh, missions. Yeah. Um, yep. And if you put it into suppressive fire, like it can do capture and shit like that. Of course. Um, my standard one, which was the Vet Kazakh, and again the front of Vic uh, uh, AP sniper, with a one uh, one one two FTO and a dozer. Both of those can go into oh, um, so a little format uh, there. there. Both of those can go into a link. Mm -hmm. um, 
people. I don't mind that actually. As a as a little mobile yeah, uh, classified accomplishing really link team because you've got MSV, you've got uh, you've got veteran, you've got heavy infantry, you've got a doctor, you've got an engineer, you've got decharges, fucking yeah, you've got everything yeah, except good. for a hacker in there, pretty much. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I like it. Uh, Do yeah. your war drivers get? Are they able to join links, or is that only no, in no. some of them? No, I just looked at it and think. Uh, um, yeah, no, they can't. That would be great. That would be great, actually. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. Right, as well as uh, the Australia K9. Now, the Australia K9 was there specifically for my plan of um, using. Uh, yeah, they were there for my plan of using um, the K9 to the, do sensor. One of the, the HVT sensor? identification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, to do the sensor, sensor on thing. the antipode. Yes. Um, and then a war driver, which obviously you don't see in many tact lists, but with Carly Hassifard, I needed to have it there. Uh, H- yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you're wrong, and I'm true to you during the game that I had with it. Uh, Spetnaz HMG. Uh, yeah, HMG, pretty much exactly the same as the AP sniper rifle, mm-hmm. uh, there to put a bit more burst on there, and then Ermandino, another engineer to do more engineering stuff. Mm-hmm. We then have. Um, Carmen Batard. So the reason I had her, and specifically why, when you take a look at this, um, when you take a look at this uh, lineup, it's just there to service Carmen Batard. Is the idea was to have Carmen on one side and the Canon on the other side. Mm-hmm. So no matter where someone put their uh, HVT, I could tr- do that sensor, sensor. Um, objective. Yeah. yeah. Same. Same uh, thing. Mule. Yeah. Same thing with me with the yeah. Rafik. Yeah. Uh, tractor mule deactivator just for orders. Again, Lang Kazak with his uh, decoy, uh, Lang Kazak lieutenant with the decoy, and Strelik my layer again, a throwaway ARO. Mm. Do you find the um, Strelik K9 is, it's like, I mean, it, you can't get away from it. It telegraphs what it is. Uh, so th- that's where that's where decoys and having a bunch of strelocks comes into play. Yeah, but like, that, but like yeah, but they they'll, see know, a, they'll know that. Yeah, they'll know what's. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll know see the S five. Yeah, no, they'll they'll know that you have the the um, canine. I mean, I have uh, I have camo tokens specifically that are um, the canine. Yeah. Uh, so it's super obvious. Yeah, there's like there's nothing. That's why. That's why. Like I said, that's why I had Carmen and him so that mm-hmm. if they saw that and was like oh i'm going to put it away from that camouflage for deploying canine it's like well if you put it in the middle they're equidistant if you put it on either side carmen gets to it or the um the strella gets to it and the msv front of it can do that classified as well that's yes that's true that's the last ditch. the, the yeah. large last ditch is that the front of it mm-hmm. um yeah. can uh, run up and try and do it right, who's yeah. your who's your reserve for this this list Carmen? Yeah. Well, common. believe it or not, it really depends on the opponent. Or first uh, or second. It depend- it, it, sorry, I should say it depends on the classifieds that are put down. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game I played, believe it or not, my reserve was the war driver. Mm, okay. Because all, all I wanted to do with the war driver is put it directly in front of where um, the HVT is. Mm. Get those objectives done because it's my only source of hacking. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's done, I do not care about her anymore. Yeah, okay. 
Cool. How many camera markers is that? That's three, four, five. Heaps. Uh, six. It's well, oh, let me take a look. It is one, two, uh, three, four, five, nine, six, ten. seven. No, no, eight, no, no nine, sorry, ten. eleven. Let me say ten. It's ten. I don't yeah, have one two. of them is uh, not like the others. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, one of them is chunky. The, um, extra moments. Uh, for me, the Strelok Canine is if you want to win the um, camo battle with Tax. So if you're coming up against another faction with camo, you just take the Strelok Canine and you should win the camo battle in midfield. This is well, like like I said, th- this was a list for, with a very specific plan. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Let's let's get into the games let's then, shall in, we? Yeah. So let's let's do round robin. Well, well, we started with Ed with the the list, so let's kick off with yep. Ed and the games. So round one was frontline. Frontline, and right? Okay. I played against Jacob. And Yay! Has, I ran my cutter list, and he did not approve of it. <laughs> let's get the we, we, for our listener, our, table, our viewers, please. our viewers on YouTube. Yeah. Let's just get a quick look at the tables because I think the tables at this event were really good. Yep, this one. So for those watching on, I had the deployment zone that's sort of to the left side of screen, and Jacob had the far. Sorry, I had the right side, and Jacob had the far side on the left as his deployment zone. Sorry. I had I had I had the side with the stationary crane. You had the movable crane. Yes. Ah. Um, yes. Right. Uh, I when did I win the left? No, you won the left turn roll and chose deployment sites from memory. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yep, and naturally I would go first. Um, ordinarily, Verona would think about uh, being one of the few factions to think about going second and deploying second, but I knew I had a cutter in my list, so I was definitely going to go first. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I do. I do like the uh, the tactics of frontline. Yeah, definitely. Um, do any of you know the maker of these sort of buildings that we are playing with? Here? This one. Oh, I don't know the maker, but this one was Tristan's table. Okay, so these sort of buildings uh, will come up on multiple tables. And one thing to note about these buildings is they do not fully cover a Silhouette 7 or Silhouette tag. They mm. look like they do, but if mm. you get any level of ev- elevation, even just an S2 standing on top of the building, you yeah. can see a tag hiding behind it. And I'm pretty sure a Magariba just can't straight up can't hide behind these things, but yes. can bolt yeah. onto them. Yeah, it's like like the the, the S seven is perfectly level mm. uh, with the top of these buildings. Yeah, this, and this, yeah. just just under the top, so you can't vault it either. Yeah, so this Perfect. is where which is this is where we were talking about earlier. The three D printed silhouette markers really come in handy, so you know mm-hmm. if you can hide behind this building effectively. Because often mm-hmm. with the flat ones, you're like, "Hey, I'm not as tall as it." But then, as Ed's pointed out, if you're standing on the building. You can see the back of the the back of their base because they you know mm-hmm. they extend so much further out. Sure. So coming to deploy on this table, I knew there was one good spot for the cutter and one okay spot for the t- cutter. So on the right hand side of the table, there's a crane which is quite tall, and you can put a cutter into total cover behind there, mm-hmm. and it'll be safe and safe as houses, and nothing can mm-hmm. get to it. The other option is sort of there's a table in there's a larger building in the middle which sort of comes just into my deployment zone, and you could fit a cutter sort of onto the corner of the building. Yeah. It's not great, mm. but it's adequate. Uh, and if it's attacked from one side, you can guts around the corner, and if it's attacked from the other side, you can guts around the corner of the the opposite mm-hmm. direction. 
That does not account for the roof though, and we'll come to that being a bit of a problem later on. Yeah. So my deployments, my memory's a little hazy, but uh, I deployed an angry bike on the extreme left of my deployment zone. Mm -hmm. uh, the helots were both roughly in the center and watching over my HVT, which was on the extreme right-hand side of the table, um, uh, near where the um, crane is. Mm -hmm. uh, my Fusilier link team, uh, the missile was standing on top of a building which was inside my deployment zone. For those watching, it's the building that's next to the yellow crane. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, perfect um, place, yeah. Near the paramedic who was also up there, but not in getting blasted by uh, yep. high plates range. <clears throat> and then the, um, the sniper was sort of on the ground level hiding uh, with the two Fusiliers, uh, Fusilier chops. Ah, on the mm -hmm. ground level. Is that just because you yep. didn't have enough space up there or was there another lane that you could have um, taken? There was not enough space up there to have yep. three models and them not be in pipe plate death. Yeah, yep. okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um, if you did put in, you'd have one of them sort of sticking out from uh, one of the barricades that's on top of that mm. roof, uh, which would mean that's be a dead fusilier very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my engineers deployed on, there's a blue crate in the middle of my deployment zone towards the back uh, with a friend bot either side of, uh, on either extreme of the table so that the friend bots could get to wherever the cutter ended up deploying. Uh, the tech B, I can't remember. Mm. I was being a flashy girl on this one. So mm. she was on the bridge, um, just sort of watching on all the, the roofs uh, because this scenario being frontline has no buttons to press. So she didn't mm. need to live particularly long. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the flashbots were just sort of hiding in corners, uh, being sure. auto generators, making sure nothing. Uh, I know it's tax, so there's no advance end, but just in case something weird didn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was everything in that list. Uh, yeah. So, what were like uh, the highlights of the game? Just uh, because uh, between you and Jacob, what was the kind of engagements that were of interest? I guess. So the main engagement that happened on turn one was probably the main thing which happened because Jacob stripped orders from the cutter. So my main group had nine orders to do what I wished with. And looking at the opposite side of the table, it was just a hoarder camera markers. Yeah. Um, so I used my um, Nina Montessa, which started on the left-hand side of the table, to go all the way to the right-hand side of the table through the middle of the table yeah, yeah. to sort of face check every single camera mark to see what it was and see if there was anything <laughs> actually dangerous underneath them. Uh, so good. Such a good way of doing it, yeah. So I knew there was a Strelok on the left-hand side opposite um, where the bike deployed. Didn't really care about that one because there was nothing important behind it. But there was a horde of camera markers on the right-hand side that, and some of them were standing in very prominent positions. But if it was a tank hunter missile launcher, that would be a bad day for a cutter. And I needed yeah, to know yeah. if it was a tank hunter missile launcher or a tank hunter autocannon before I activated the cut. Okay. So by doing this Rambo drive across the um, from left to right through the middle alleyway of the table, I could face check almost all of the camera markers mm -hmm. and if, do some unfavorable engagements if there was a tank hunter missile launcher or a tank hunter autocannon standing um, up top. Eventually, get to the point where I was like, okay, if it's he's hiding it so well that it probably isn't that camera marker on top. It might be a decoy because there is another one nearby. It might be a Spetsnaz. Turned out it was a Spetsnaz on the lower level. So they, um, the motorized bound hunting, I cleared out a Strelok link and then did a bunch of classifieds uh, engaging the um, Jacob's HPT. Mm. Then the cutter, only having a few orders, sort of scooted up a bit, um, cleared out an Ermandino, which I could get a line out, scooted back, became a camera marker again. That's it, yeah. Which then leads to Jacob's first turn. 
I hope you named that fucking Fusilier with that missile launcher. Yes, because that um, was a bit of a problem for you. Yeah, so look, I, I had, so TAC do suffer a little bit um, if the table is a, yeah, if, if the table is a little bit open um, and if you can't quite manage to get the ranges on it, and this was sort of, Sort of an epi- the epitome of that, um, but it didn't matter anyway because I had a plan to sort of deal with those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, Ed had in his team obviously fusilier missile launcher. Why, why would you not have him standing up, looking down at not the entire table, but a really good corridor that was sort of separating my um, front of sniper. Um, like the the Frontovic sniper, uh, Frontovic paramedic, and uh, vet Kazakh from getting to the other side of the table. Um, so not knowing exactly how far I was from him, I thought, okay, I'll play it safe. I'll take something with the exact like with better range bands than his missile launcher. Should I add him with a three dice on my sniper rifle? Um, you know, I think it's equal dice. I've just got one more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if I'm if I, I'm pretty sure in saying that the very first ARO rolled uh, Ed rolled twelve crit and a front of Beautiful. adjustment. Yep, gone. Beautiful. Uh, but luckily, I did get to measure how far that was, and it was twenty eight. It was twenty nine inches or something. So the HMG uh, Fat Kazakh could reach. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, all right, whatever. Best laid plans and all that sort of thing. It has actually went, the leader, fusilier, yeah. missile launcher. No problem. What went up? Four dice, right? Mimitism again. Right, like I got now. Mm-hmm. I, I got thirteen instead of twelves. Four dice, that sort of thing. I won that. I won that um, shoot off. Mm-hmm. But that fusilier decided to take tank every single shot, and I, I don't even Ask know if you decided. I don't even know. I don't even know if you decided to go prone or you rolled for it. I, I wanted to say standing, uh, being a fusilier, they have crap mm-hmm. whips, so the fusilier wanted to sit down. So, yeah, alas, yeah. I rolled which, a 13 or more, and it sat down. Which, yeah. to be mm-hmm. honest, is more annoying for me, because then I could have had a chance to actually kill that thing, because it was a problem for the rest of the goddamn game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it went down, um, and then... That opened the lineup for your antipodes, and so you could paramedic the um, Spetsnaz, which I made. Yeah, so the, the Spetsnaz had gone down. I wanted I wanted to get him back up. Ultimately, I just didn't have enough orders to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I think I did eventually do what I wanted to do, which was annoyingly shoot uh, Ed's defensive turret, which he had put looking down this corridor. Oh, now, yeah, defensive, that mission. That one, yeah. Yeah, the defensive turret, normally not scary at all but the problem was it was looking straight at where my antipodes were and i couldn't spend the entire like eventually he would get just free discovers on my antipodes and ruin any chance i had at getting a cutter getting towards a cutter in a camo state it's worth um, noting the turrets can't declare discover but exactly. the turret yes. was also looking at my um cutter so if you ever came um, out of cutter that uh, came out of camo to engage the cutter, the turret would have shot you. Yeah, mm. true. And, and the other thing, oh, I fucking should have read the rules properly then. Um, but the other thing was I wanted to drop where your Montessa was. I wanted to drop my spec maps. Uh, and this is what I was talking about with the table is um, you, did, you did well putting the, uh, I think you had a bullet here or the peacemaker. 
on the left hand side. The right, well, my yep, your left hand side. My left hand, your right hand side. Which means I couldn't drop there because I would have just got ox spotted. Because um, uh, there's nowhere to drop it safely. Uh, well, yeah, um, and there's there was nowhere on that side really to drop to walk um, on. Yeah, but if you take a, if you take a look at uh, uh, this corner, uh, the corner of oh, oh, I'm showing my mouse. My mouse. If you take a look from the thing that that, that second container up for anybody watching, mm. um, on the right hand side, there's a nice side, little, little left hand side on sort of the near side next between the white building and the crate that it's adjacent to that's on the extreme edge of the table uh yeah okay yeah that yeah i don't know um majority of our listeners uh i would say on the radio line so i don't know if we should focus on the, anyway so uh, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't really paramedic, I couldn't really drop my paramedic in um and uh, i mean now knowing that they couldn't have declared um discover probably would have just ran the antipodes straight at your cutter uh, at that point but yeah so just a, a massive misplay i couldn't get rid of that fusilier and that fusilier will be a problem for the rest of the match because mm. he would just cut the table in half and stop me from essentially clearing out a side that i needed to get through you I'm just did... conscious we're at the two-hour mark, guys. So maybe just uh, focus on kind of the highlights of the games. Uh, just like, well, yeah, that, that, that my, that my first turn pretty much set the tone for the rest of the game, which was um, Ed would poke out, do something with his cutter, or do something with his Montessa, um, get a classified done a turn, or uh, classified a two done a turn, and then poke back in, cutter would hide. I think the only really sweaty moment you had, Ed, was when I did manage to get an antipode in combat with your cutter. Um, but turns out that um, burst fall, uh, combi rifle, fusiliers are really good at shooting into combat and not really hurting a cutter, although you did do one wound to your cutter. Yep, yep. So that was the main thing that happened on turn one. You could you engage, but didn't have enough orders to actually hurt the cutter. So I had to spend most of my turn two clearing uh, antipodes off my cutter. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. Nice. Just like shooting them off, shooting them <laughs> off the, the carapace. Yeah, yeah, nice. So yeah. in the state of that game, turn two, not that much happened. I spent most of the time clearing off the cutter and then gunning down the few things that poked the head out and standing annoying missile launcher up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I suppose my turn two was the Spetnaz did land, did manage yep. to work around, but again, invincible um, uh, fusiliers. I thought shooting the fusiliers that ended up in the on the uh, shipping crate in your DZ, um, still rolling uh, really well on their armor saves. Just, just could not get rid of those fusiliers. Yep, and then my turn three, my cutter ran across the table, ended up in the far zone. Yeah. Uh, the middle zone ended up being the Zula Cobra and the Peacemaker from memory, and then a few random fusiliers in my near zone. And mm. then you tried to contest it as much as possible. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I had enough to contest. I think I had to pick one zone, and that was the only one I could contest. I don't think I could have contested the near zone with the points I had. Yep. Yeah. And unfortunately, you did uh, spread out your troops across your far, your near zone and the middle zone, which meant you didn't end up controlling any of them. Yeah. Um, and like I said, the TAC do have answers to a cutter, 
because um, they do have, I mean, the antipode is the answer really to a cutter, right? It's, you know, three sensor rolls that you can roll and then you jump into combat. Um, if you've got enough orders, you can re-camo, jump into combat with a surprise attack. Um, the cutter not having a template is uh, big in that yeah, sort of situation. That's true. Um, but, I mean, it was... Yeah, it was it was it was it was on me. Obviously, not knowing that the uh, defensive turret can't declare discover would have changed a lot of what I did. But mm. yeah, I, like it, 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 either one way or another, it would have still been a gamble because your fusiliers were kind of looking at your cutter yeah. when the antipodes were coming in, um, as well as hell lines watching the roof as well. True. Um, and so even if, like, let's say I knew that, it was still a gamble to get those antipodes in there to punch the um, uh, to punch the cutter. Exactly. How, how uh, did, um, so uh, obviously 92 points in your closest zone, Jacob, is difficult to shift, but were you able to take back the middle zone or... Anything like that? Because because obviously the, the thing the thing with the thing with uh, Ed's list is obviously it's it's quite concentrated, right? Because you've got really you know you've got the Zulu mm. Cobra, the Montessa, and the Cutter, and then everything else kind of is low point. Doesn't really do yeah. that much. Well, it, 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 as as I mentioned, that the Fusilier missile launcher, even at the very last turn, was still a problem. It still was cutting the table in half. Right. Okay. Um, and so it was very difficult for me to just get past it, um, and I just well, you've got all this just, camo. I, like, you've got all this camo. You just just move it. Just walk, move, move. Done. I'm in most, the middle. Done. Most 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 of it was gone by the end. It was of it. Dan right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's uh, like, like, I, think this, it I think by that by that time the Spetnaz I think was probably was probably dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many. I think I had the one Strelik you said that was on like the very side near sort of nothing was still mm-hmm. alive. Antipodes, I think, had one antipode left alive, um, yeah. and that was about it. Antipodes aren't worth much. Um, like the the thing is that tack tax camo markers uh, can yeah. be worth very little. They yeah, that's true. Twenty, 20, 20 points. Little. Yeah, twenty points for a Strelok is not enough to hold against like a Montessa. Okay, uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, can you bring up the the what I'm just going to call the Canberra table? Um, uh, Jacob, if you know uh, what, what the water one, no, no, the squares. Yeah, the no, yeah, not not that one. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Is that all you've got? Keep going. There that you one. go. That one. That, I think is even with my stuff on it too. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's so your stuff right there. My first game was against Chris. It was um, my Rama versus his Drews. And uh, yeah, this was this was gonna be a fun game. I played Chris at like Novacore twenty whatever it was nineteen, and we had a really really great really really great close game. And this was gonna be a really great game as well. So frontline, I was running the double Maggie list because I said I was gonna, even though I was like fuck. Um, he, he took Drews. Uh, his Drews list was uh, roughly like it was a core length of Drews. It had the grenade launcher in it, as you'd imagine. It had the sniper rifle in it. He had a Wolfgang and a Harris with, I think, a Digger and a Brawler. Uh, you know, he had some. It all there. He had some. Yeah, he had some remotes. He had like a Peacemaker. Oh, he had a couple of motorized bounty hunters, which was cool as yeah, well, which is nice. Um, uh, and then I think that was sort of it. 
Um, was he running memory? the trip hammer in that list? No, no trip, no trip hammer. Oh, he had double Hunza cut as well. So you can see the two S twos on the screen mm, there that are the both as Hunza cuts. Um, and these two, yeah, yeah. So oh, sorry, no, these two here. The, the yeah, the two the two thingos. Yeah, uh, they're in there. Um, so I can't remember who won. I I went I went first. I think I chose to go first because again, Margarita. I'm like my butt's out in the wind here. I'm just gonna. Mm -hmm. just gonna go for it it's front line i'd rather go second but when i'm playing this list i'm just gonna go first and try my best um oh wait no did, wait sorry did he go first shit no, i can't remember does it doesn't matter does it matter uh what generally happened oh no no yeah no i'm just trying to remember um did i go first oh no i must have gone first because i went i put, put things in spec fire so and suppress the fire sorry so um Yes, sorry. I, I know Val. You're you're not part of this conversation, so you are um, you're you're bored. Uh, I, I, but feel feel free. No, to no. Check I'm going to head to bed at ten because I have an Arsenal vs Man City game at four thirty to get up for. So you can feel free to feel free to check out anytime. Um, yeah, so yeah. we are yeah. So basically, the highlights of the game where um, obviously I had two Magribas and we we're playing front line. So I needed. So I had this thing in my head where so I need to keep these Magribas alive because there are a lot of my points because they need to be able to dominate zones at the end, but I have to be able to have a way in which to um, do some damage so that he's not able just to run me over with whatever he's got. Mm. Um, so from from memory, um, what happened was he got very lucky with... Um, he, was, he was playing pretty loose and fast, um, because I think he was only playing for one day, so he was just happy to just like roll some dice and have some fun. Um, he made a couple of mistakes where he moved out with his fire team. Um, I could see his clear plan was to try and get inside 24 with his, or sorry, try to get inside. Well, it actually didn't matter because he has an X Pfizer on his grenade launcher. But anyway, trying to get closer to my Magariba so he could start spec firing his EM grenades on his on my Magariba. He moved out, um, forgot that my Magariba had a heavy rocket launcher. Decided to shoot. Decided to like uh, dodge. He managed to dodge successfully, and then just started spec fire. Or, no, actually, he didn't even spec fire. He directly face to face my Magariba with his burst two EM grenade launcher inside thirty two, but over twenty four. But as the X fires, so it's in zero range bands. I just shoot him back, break suppressive fire, shoot him back. He crits me, and my Magariba oh. immediately just goes immobilized and isolated on the first turn. And I'm like, oh no. He then tries to spend the rest of his turn to just shoot sniper rifles into my Maggie until it died. However, um, you might see in the picture here, there is this camo marker here, which was my um, Beast Hunter. My Beast Hunter had did have eyes on this bridge um, that uh, those who are watching will see. And um, it was able to dodge into basically... It was able to basically dodge or threaten with a Panzerfaust, the sniper, as he got closer to the Magriba, which then forced Crest to like kind of re you know reevaluate his position. He tried to like shoot the Beast Hunter, that took up some orders, which thankfully kept my Magriba alive. I think it had lost one wound, maybe two wounds, but it wasn't dead. So my my term was basically to um, de-isolate, de-immobilize the Maggie and then get the hell out of the way so that um, it could continue living. Um, in this picture, there will be a... Uh, if you can 
uh, in this picture, you'll see that there was a building. Um, one of my Magribas was able to jump. Now, with the great the the changes to how jump and climbing plus and all that works mm -hmm. now, Magribas are just able to like just essentially vault onto buildings at their own will. Like it's it's fantastic. Like you just go, I jump onto this building. I'm now on this building. Hello. Um, and it was able to essentially just clear his entire link team off this bridge because he had sort of not really realized how high I was, how high I was, and how he wasn't quite in complete um, total cover. Basically, just strafed his entire link team. Um, at one point, he yeah, strafed his entire link team, got rid of the entire link team, which then which then freed up my other Magariba to get out of the way. The rest of the the game was essentially move my other Maggie up the right flank that was duoed with the Rafik. The Rafik was able to censor the HVT, um, was able to forward observe the building for mapping. I was then able, I think, to get the to maybe even paramedic the HVT as well for my third classified. I can't remember what my fourth classified was. Probably secure HVT. But by the end of the game, Chris had. I think just his baggage bot left um, and he was in retreat on turn three, but it was a very, very close. Like it was a very, very bum clenchy game at the start with the EM grenades and the way things worked out. But thankfully I had some luck with the beast hunter that managed to just stifle him enough that it got me out of, um, got me out of danger. And mm -hmm. he then, once his sniper was down, once his EM grenade launcher was down, he just didn't really have an answer for the two Magribas. Um, and Carmen and Batard managed to sort of clean up his um, more annoying bits, I guess. So um, I think that ended, I think it ended like 9-1 to me in the end, or 10-1. No, no, it was 10-1 to me in the end, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But yeah, really, really, really fun game. Really, um, at, some, at several points in the game, I was like, Chris would move his, he would do something, and I would be like, just remember, my Magariba also has a heavy rocket launcher. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just do it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, sure. Do you, do you want to, do you want to take that back first and just move the link team a little bit further away before you go and activate the fire team? And he's like, no, 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 no. I've only got so many orders. I'll just, I'll just dodge, you know. And then he like, I crit. He fails to dodge, and his entire like, you know, it's like his Harris oh, just kind of blows up dear. to a heavy rocket launcher. And I'm like, I ah, okay, right. This, this, <laughs> this is this kind of game. But um, yeah, really, really good fun. Uh, really good to play Chris again. So um, and uh, and it's on the quintessential, quintessential Canberra table, which I have a lot yes. of fun playing on. Okay. Uh, on, well, we don't have Jacob's game because we've already discussed it with Ed. So on to round two, uh, which conveniently is Ed and I. <laughs> oh, get to play two of the Lost Lieutenant people. Yeah, yeah. So happy um, with that. So, with Jacob, what was uh, what was that table we played on? It was the uh, green shipping one. Sorry, oh yes, this heard. one. So this is this is another Canberra local table from Aaron. Is it? Yes, or, Aaron. Yes, um, you can actually see me playing in this picture. Ah, um, there we are. Um, oh, oh yeah. You, this, you, two, you two again. This is our this is this is our game, yeah. Again, because I can see my little uh, dice bag down there. So um, this was Sensor Field. Oh, yes. I have a you know we've already heard my opinions on Sensor Field, and they haven't changed. Um. <laughs> and if nothing else, this this um, game reinforced, if I recall correctly. Absolutely, yeah. So this was a game that was funny because we we had drawn up to, together. I was keen to run the Magariba, although 
sensor field was the one mission I was thinking about not running the Magariba list anyway, because it was going to be difficult for me to have enough specialists to do it. And then we rocked up to this table, Ed, and you were pretty much like, don't. This is don't. not a tag table. Yeah. Do not run Maggie's <laughs> on this table. Do not run Maggie's on this table. And yeah, that was the correct response, because I think you said on your first game that just like the first table, this table, the buildings were just not high enough. Yes, it's the same terrain, just painted differently, and these buildings are not high enough to conceal a Maggie, and they only kind of just conceal a Silhouette 7 tag. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think... You won the left-hand roll from memory? Um, I feel like... Yeah, maybe I did, because I chose first. Yeah, and then you had a bit of a deliberation over which side, and you chose the obviously better side for... Yes, you, because guess. it was the only side which had a piece of total cover to hide a cutter behind because I was going to play the cutter list on this scenario. That was right. uh, And in that case, it is a crane, another crane, uh, at the very back of the table for, the, for where the picture is. And you can yeah. actually see the LS Silhouette 7 that sort of lurking there, ready to deploy there. Mm, that's right, yeah, yeah. And I've got my mouse ho hovering over it. But yeah, you're right, that was it. And I'm glad I didn't play my Maggie list in this one. So I, w I went for the, the double duel list instead. I went first... Um, I held back the duel as my two reserves. Um, in hindsight, I probably think it wasn't the best idea because my beast hunter ended up in just a kind of dumb position that I didn't really know why he ended up there. He, for those of you watching along at home, he ended up on like on a high building on my left flank with the intention of being a being a pest with a Panzerfaust, but he should have probably been more of a, a war band that could you know just die in service of you know just try to kill some things um i think that was a mistake yeah so it was annoying being deployed on that little um alcove there however mm -hmm. if it was a warband and sort of ran around the corner to face my peacemaker later on in the game that would have quite drastically changed the game because that's also where i hit a lot of senses yes yeah and i think uh, in this game from what my i took away from this game is i underestimated the importance of the tech b <laughs> yep. i just completely just completely disregarded the tech b as being anything worth my time and it ended up pretty much like that like that took the game on for on at least on my left flank for for you because it placed like two sensors by itself and didn't really have any challenge placing three because it placed one in mine and then placed two in yours over that's two right turns. that's right nice. yeah yeah and i and i made the other critical error of um not reading the rules and forgetting there was a dead zone between the dz and where the quadrants where you needed to start placing the sensor started which <sighs> was dumb so does that mean you deployed some in your dead zone well, no, I deployed. So what I did is on the there's the there's a series of crates in the the middle of the table that create a V, and I deployed a duo in there with the intention of spending an order and just deploying them in a nook, but um, deploying a sensor in a nook there, but uh, yeah. couldn't do that because that's a dead zone. So I'd have had to have come around a corner to do it, which mm. which. To be fair, it would only take me an extra order, but it would have put me in a position where I then would need to spend another order to return back, back to total yeah. cover, which is two orders, possibly three, maybe even more if I don't pass a whip check, um, to do something that I kind of went out in my head to just spend one order one. doing. And because, 
And because it was a, um, a, the, the Layla Rafik duo, the Rafik was going to use its tack awareness orders just to do that. And it's, it's like a free order. But I, again, I, I just had this my, you know, mental, mental block where I forgot there was a dead zone. And they kind of just, like, they just didn't really do what they were supposed to do in the battle. Um, but it was still, it was still a fun game. Um, uh, the, <laughs> the, actually, Ed, I'll let you talk. Um, what are the sort of highlights for you? So turn one is definitely a bit of a clencher for me because I I had the option of deploying my cutter either behind the crane where the little silhouette is at the moment or sort of kind of behind there's a pair of buildings connected by a bridge sort of to the right of where my hand is in this picture. Mm. Uh, and if I deployed in that location, there are positions where the Zayden missile launcher could engage that cutter from more than 32 inches away which meant that was not a valid option for where the cutter goes. So the cutter mm. had to go behind the crane. This mm. was a problem because this this was also the same side where Carmen and Batard and the duo of the Zed, the, not Zed, and the Mukhtar and uh, Namur deployed. Mm. And I spent a long time trying to figure out which one to strip orders from. Did I? I ended up stripping from the main group from memory. You did, yeah, because Carmen was in group two... So she had like five orders behind her or four orders plus the impetuous. And then there was yeah nine in group one. Yeah. So fortunately, Carmen failed one of the spoke rolls needed in order to make the smoke line up to the cutter. Mm -hmm. um, because if she didn't, she would have had a turn of whacking at the cutter with her wrench and with Batard's hammer. And that would have been very bad. <laughs> it would have been a suicide run to do so, but it still would have been very bad. Absolutely, because there was this line, like there was this line in front of the ship where I needed to leave smoke to get into CC with the cutter that your Fusilier's missile launcher would have seen. I think it was. Yeah, it was both the sniper and the missile launcher. Oh, both of them. Line. Yes, yes. So it was a suicide run, but like I said, I didn't have the orders to do it. On the, on, you did manage to reveal the cutter quite smartly by uh, discovering and then chain rifling a helot. Um, yes. Which, the, whilst the cutter went, no, I'm not going to reveal because if I reveal, I'm going to get a hammer thrown in my face. The chain rifle, because it caused an armor save, still reveals the camo marker as a cutter. Yes, yes. That was me using, I think you used Batard in smoke to censor the yes. helot. And I also yep. censored the Zulu Cobra, but I wasn't quite within eight to censor the cutter. And then I had to come out of, then I came out of smoke with Carmen and Batard. Carmen threw a, sorry, Batard threw a hammer at the Zulu Cobra. <laughs> and, and then deleted it. And deleted, which was amazing. I wasn't expecting that to hit. And then the, um, and then, yeah, Carmen put two chain rifles on the, the Helot, which revealed the cutter. Uh, and then I think they, they probably then they I think they died or something probably yeah, they to the died horribly from the missile yes. launcher at that point that's, that's right but yeah. that, at that point you hadn't spent any orders in your main combat group which meant that the Mukhtar and uh, the Namur could run up through all of that nicely placed smoke and just pick things off left right and centre mm -hmm. unfortunately that's not what happened <laughs> yes. unfortunately um, being a Red Fury not particularly good against a tag Yes. but what I was afraid of was the Namur actually doing the run doing one move from the edge of the smoke into close combat with the cutter mm -hmm. it would have taken the four shots from two from the missile launcher two from the, the multi-sniper but with total immunity there's actually a pretty decent chance of you surviving if you make your dodge 
Yes. And yeah, then you have right. multiple orders with an EMCCW whacking out a cutter. And even if yeah. you only do one, I'm isolated and I'm in loss of lieutenant. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, I know. And I was like, I didn't, I think judging the, judging the smoke distance or judging the distance I needed to clear to get into CC, I wasn't confident I would survive, you know, with the Namur because the Namur would have to break smoke and dodge, right? Yeah, she'd have to break smoke and dodge, cop the shots from the, the tag and your two arrow pieces, survive, and then spend another order to get into CC with a cutter. And I just was like, not confident I would survive that, even with total immunity and two wounds. Yeah, yeah. I thought you could make that distance, so it's a totally a judgment on what the distance was in that case. Um, yeah. Instead, what happened was the Mukhtar deleted the helots and anything else that did poked its head up, and then you ran away with those two models to hide, sort of nooked in corners and on rooftops. Yeah, I tried. I had to go with trying to shoot the Montessa, but when it's armor seven in cover, it just kind of was like, like Red Fury. What? I don't give a shit. Like I'll just, I'll just tank is, those armor is, saves and run away. Yeah. Is the Namor mimetism? No, nah. But does dodge on fifteens or sixteens from memory? Dodges on fifteens, and you'd be shooting yeah. me back on eighteens with all of your fusiliers. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's, so what's 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 the um. Does it get a plus to the dodge? That yeah, is that's, yeah, well, dodge. That's, yeah, yeah. Dodge, yeah. So yeah, no, I, no, no, I, no, thought no, so the, I meant I meant as in distance. Uh but the three inch dodge. But I yeah, I, I basically I didn't yeah. I didn't take that I didn't take that option. I thought about it. Well, I didn't really think about it. It was more after the game. I thought about it. I was like, I mean, maybe I should have just done that because mm. yeah, it's your LT, you've been lost a lieutenant. Even if I didn't even if I even if I just isolated and mobilized Break you, you yeah. sure you you're cause you're um your palbot was right there, so you spend one order getting it back into the fight. But you would have spent that first order, that first turn, and lost a lieutenant, which could have been important, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. But essentially, the problem I had with after that was then I couldn't really get enough orders to nook those two units back into sort of somewhere safe. So you spent your first turn killing the Mukhtar, and yep. then the Moor was sort of stuck on a rooftop somewhere where it couldn't get back down because the fusilier and everything was looking at it. And, and you had no smoke left once Carmen was dead. Exactly. No smoke uh, left right. once Carmen was dead. And then and then it was kind of like a weird sort of standoff between my fire team on my side and your fire team on the other side. And it was a case of like whoever killed each other's fire team would, would dominate this this left flank. Yep. Your cutter went on a your cutter, your car went on a mission to kill my Zeta missile launcher, which nearly didn't go your way. But it, yeah, it was very close. Yeah, <laughs> I think it had one wound, like one structure left, and then you're like, yep. "Fuck it!" And you, you, I remember you were like, you're deliberating over it for a while, and then you're just kind of like, "Stuff it! Let's just do it one more time." And uh, yep. that took one out more the time season. with one structure left. Yeah, Talbot too far away to repair unless I moved all the way back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Risk and it, it all, and it paid off. And then that, then that point, then your tech B was then just allowed to just move up and then just place sensors wherever it needed to place them. Um, and yeah, and that was kind of um, it. Your your Montessa had a good little run in the middle. I tried to hack it with my Tuareg that appeared from hidden deployment, but it just didn't quite pay off. 
Mm. And then I, I Did think eventually hack it to pieces once you move the repeater all the way around there. Oh my god, my, my my that second term was just spent like moving the Rafik into repeater range to then spotlight your bloody Montessa to then spend four orders to destroy it with a missile. It was not efficient <laughs> at all. No, it was, that's awful. It was it was bad. Oh, it was bad. But I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to use to take this thing out because the Namur could do it, but it would have to. It had to get past the. Uh, it was one of those. Yeah, it was just one of those things where, um, yeah, I I also didn't really quite read the table properly. You had a really good position on your fire team as well, which kind of locked me down in some parts. I and and then going back to the reason why I didn't particularly like Sensor Field is just because you then just you end up just kind of like nullifying using any of the rooftops. Um, because you can't play sensors up there, so why are you up there in the first place? The only reason why my yeah. Tuareg was up there in the first place was because it was the only safe place where if it revealed to do a hack on your cutter or whatever it was, it wouldn't immediately just get shot in your next order. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but it was it was a fun game. I had, I had a really good time. Um, and I think that This ended... was probably my favorite game of the day. Oh, okay. Well, that's oh, that's good enough. to hear. I'm I'm glad I gave you at least a fun game. Um, that that ended like seven two or eight nine. Uh, I can't remember. Well, you something. got best sports, Kev. So you gave a lot of people the, uh, their best game from the sounds of it. Uh, <laughs> so, well, well, I mean, if they had not fun, to my surprise, by the way, I was not surprised at oh, all. Okay. Oh, well, that's good to that's good to hear. But no, it was a very fun game. It was a very fun game uh, and great table too. Really, really nice table. Uh, all right, so. Uh, normally we'd be talking about round three, but at this point we actually all we all disappear for the day because there's only two rounds on day one. Does Jacob want to talk about his Jacob's round? Two? Oh shit! Sorry, Jacob's round two. Yeah, sorry, Jacob. My Is that all right? Can I talk about it, Kev? No, sorry, because I, I remember you'd already talked about your game, and I forgot that we had fucking two games to talk about. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so I played on your table, Kev. Yeah, um, my Necromunda and, table. Uh, looks like someone spilled a this pot table, of paint on it. So this table, um, as far as like what Tack wants to deal with, is brilliant because it, it's 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 dense. Uh, um, it's very easy to sort of pick. Like I'm going to shoot this dude, shoot, shoot this dude, keep in cover while you move, all those sorts of things. So it was great. So in this particular mission, I actually did decide, um, and you can actually sort of see it on this picture here um, on the side that's closest to us. That little grey crate. As well as if you take a look on the far end, I'll see if I can zoom in and get it a bit clearer. Mm -hmm. Behind here, you can't quite see anything. Oh, on, so the, on, behind, the, on this side here, behind behind the yeah. white tower, yep. Yeah, behind the white tower, you can't quite see anything. So I thought, yeah. okay, if I need to put down my Spetnaz, I can put him behind this box. Or if like, I need to delete something uh, yeah. here, I can put him over on this particular side. On the other side... There's no such like there's nothing touching the um there's nothing touching um the uh like there's nothing touching the side, so there's nowhere to drop them without them being seen yeah, by something and, that might be sitting in the DZ. And then and then for people who are watching along at home, the, the deployment zones are left to right on this in this picture, just so in case you're yeah. confused to which we are going. Cause because actually I I looked at this picture first and I was like, Oh, that's horrible. That's why why they set the the DZs up like that, and I'm like, oh no, I didn't. I set not the the other way, yeah. which is a bit better. 
yeah. Um, so, so I was playing another Victorian, Jordan, um, who I had played before um, and lost against his other list, but uh, in sense of field, he took um, his more uh, infantry-based one, didn't have a Raicho. Uh, so I took my Kylie Hassified list, right? So um, I James set up... audience, by the way, so feel free. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, someone just left Discord. He doesn't want to hear it. Uh, there you go. Oh, here he is, Jordan. He's just he's just joined. Like the man, <laughs> the fun. man who shall not be named, but we will name him Jordan. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, um, Jordan uh, uh, deployed uh, pretty uh, defensively. Uh, Suriat HMG MSV one, looking down the lane closest uh, up on the right on his side, as well mm-hmm. as a team of. I'm trying to remember this right. Uh, a Rendak, Kaitok, and uh, Kurgat. Uh, so the paramedic um, with one plus one yeah. burst, the engineer, mm-hmm. as well as the one of the heavy infantry that's not the Suriat, was yeah. the Feuerback MSV1. With MSV1, yep. Yeah. So I did typical tack things, deployed camera tokens along the middle. Um, I deployed my Ermandino. This is my sort of first mistake because I also forgot a rule, uh, Kevin, which is you have to put the damn sensors on the bottom on the actual ground. Yeah, uh, that's a really important rule, dude. Uh, Real important. Fuck, I forgot that. Um, and clearly so, Jordan did too. Uh, no, Jordan, Jordan was the one who reminded me because I went first in this one. Ah, uh, right. Um, after, after you deployed, and then you're like, oh, sad face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time, uh, well, yeah would, would have changed anyway it doesn't matter sure. um first turn went first uh, yeah Dino did Dino things luckily i had enough orders and things went my way uh well enough in fact now i think about it i went second um so take it back jordan uh moved up uh because of how and sort of put down the census because of how dense this table was um i think he had a bit of trouble mostly moving around the bigger link um and getting it sort of onto the ground mm. um but he moved up his uh harris put down two sensors moved up he also had a um uh, the gaki harris with an osnat uh moved that up to cover um there's a set of two stairs and sort of a corridor um on this on the left hand side he went to block that up with a bunch of gakis um, or predators. I'm not quite sure which ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the ones that I think it was just the ones that explode. Gackies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was most of his turn. So he he managed to get a sensor in my side, a sensor in his side. Uh, so we got that point. Um, so come my turn, I concentrated pretty much almost entirely on. Uh, the uh, on the left hand side, uh, so my right hand side, his left hand, whatever, where all the action was, where where he had done all of his stuff that turn. Um, so uh, I should say, in his turn, my camera tokens uh, did really well. He uh, spent a lot of time discovering mine, uh, sorry, decoys, getting blown up by mines, um, but none of my actual real models uh, were there. Oh, except for except for I think it. Had, no, I don't think any of them were there. 
Um, so that really slowed down him trying to get through these narrow corridors to like get into sort of mo- like more of my army. Mm, that's a good, that's a good just, point. Yeah, because you because you have so many camel markers, he can't necessarily go around them on a table like this. Yeah, especially uh, especially I mean, if little... he especially if he sort of needs to stay on ground level in order to place mm. sensors, it becomes less appealing to go up high. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting thought, actually, how it changes how you move what around I, the table. What I found useful with the mines is to put it on edges of buildings so that it has, like, this yeah. big oh, arc that it can right. see. Yeah, down as, cool. as well across, yeah. Um, but anyway, so that really slowed Jordan down. Uh, he ended his turn in a defensive position. Um, unfortunately, with his Kaitok, whichever one's a heavy infantry with the foyer back that's not a... Kytok, uh, sorry, that's right. a Kaitok, you're Kytok. correct. Or it could be yeah. the, it could be the Suryat. Who knows? I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it wasn't uh, the Suryat. I mean, I, I made specific that it wasn't because that's what, that was the model he was using, but it was the Kaitok. Anyway, I, unfortunately, facing the the wrong way. So as I mentioned before, I dropped in my Spetnaz on that flank uh, I just mentioned. Such um, a hard on for this, what, the Spetnaz, aren't you? Well, it did really well in this game. Yep. Um, it dropped down, looked at his Kaitok, burst three. I think hit every single shot gone right straight dead um Whoa. went forward again right went forward again killed i think then killed a gaki uh tried to kill an oznat but she dropped uh, i think a grenade at a uh, smoke grenade oh. at her feet mm-hmm. didn't manage to do that and then did one structure on the um uh on the uh, uh rindak the paramedic okay um after that Spent the rest of my turn with my um, my engineers just putting. Um, uh, sorry, I then went and this was a full of a feature of our game. Lots of destroying sensors in our game. Ah, uh, so you guys worth and try to deny each other. So, so would you say that in this mission that destroying sensors is more worthwhile than placing them? Yeah, because because you think that? the. Okay. Well, because it's it's have more you know have more zones than your opponent, um, you can do a lot with just like one or two orders, placing two sensors and then destroying his, right? And and that means he has to spend his turn putting down two sensors and destroying yours, right? Um, look, I'm not, not not saying that's exactly like how to, how to, how to play sensor field. That's just the way our game went. Okay. Um, so th- yeah, that was our first turn, sort of. Yeah. I just, just, just like let's not do blow by blow yeah, here. Let's you know, just kind of get yeah, to the highlights they... of the or the things that happened in the game which were interesting. Yeah. Um. And then, so my turn comes. I've got Spetnaz in his depl- uh, depl- uh, kind of in his deployment zone on suppressive fire. So he goes to try and get rid of it with his full. Um. With firstly with his Rendak, um, takes a. Oh, actually, it wasn't suppressive, but takes a grenade to the face, which is uh, like a BS film, Fizz 15 grenade. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How, how, does, how do you take a grenade to the face? What? Spetsnaz have grenades. Spetsnaz have grenades. The parachutists oh, okay. have grenades. Right, okay. But so why, he's why, come back be- why BS 15? Oh, because you ignore cover, of course, with yeah, grenades. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. okay. I was like, grenades. Right. That's a pretty decent shot. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. actually pretty decent. Yeah, it's um, a good shot. Well, because 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 throwing grenades is just a BS that uses your fizz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so had Jordan have a lot of trouble getting rid of this guy. He was rolling really well. Um, well, because the Rendak the Rendak also has dodge minus three, so you're actually on a twelve if he dodges. 
Well, yeah, well, like Pretty I said, it's a bit of a shot. Um, and then his no, his, no, 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 eventually no, he do- no. If if he dodges, you're at minus three. Yeah, that's how, that's how the Rendak yeah. works. If you if you shoot him and the Rend and the Rendak dodges, you're at a minus three. Yeah, it's the same as as um as a uh, Pandora. He's minus six. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. So um he um. Yeah, so he, had, he just had, like, this is where I was saying that he's had a, a lot of trouble moving that five man fire team because he had to move. He moved, essentially, I did a wound to his Rendak. He needed that engineer to keep putting down sensors. Oh, sorry, he needed the, just the specialist, the paramedic. Paramedic, yes. Um, yeah, um, so he moves his team over. A couple more orders. The Spetnaz really doesn't want to die. So he's, he's succeeding at a couple more throws. Eventually goes down, but it drains most of his orders. Um, Manages to get enough tokens. I think he managed to get maybe one more token down on his side and destroy mine. Um, but that just leaves to me second turn because he's got um, his fire team now um, on the opposite side where it started. I just moved out my fire team with the Vet Kazakh Frontovic in it. Right, Put down two sensors, one on my side, one on his. Move the fire team back into um, a good spot. And on and the other side, Carmen goes out, punches the Osnat, right? Stays there to be another bit of distraction. Um, last turn, he manages to get a bunch of sensors down. Um, doesn't really manage to kill much other than Carmen. Um, and, but on my turn, I got to see the glory of the de- the deactivator. Right. So I had to I had to I had to run my um, dozer. All the way across the table because I had to get rid of I had to get rid of one of his um, sensors. I had to get rid of rid of one of his sensors because that was the only way I was going to get like more sensors in zones. Yeah, because because I think to uh, bear in mind in the in this mission, which is very important, and also I think I forget is like you can place you can place as many sensors as you want in your own zone. Your opponent just mm-hmm. has to place more. In more zones. Zones. It has to have, it has more to have in, sensors in more zones. More than zones, yes. Yeah. So like I can place yeah. five in one zone, but you just have to place one in that zone, but then have more in other zones. Which yeah. it's yeah, it's just like ah yeah, place two, but I don't care. I'll just place one and then place yeah. one in a zone you don't have, and then I win. Yeah. So yeah. I had to sorry, I ran across and then get up to the sensor, and I go, I go to John and go, okay, I'm going to look at, like, what the fuck the deactivator is. Looked at it, didn't know it was plus six to whip within eight mm-hmm. to just turn off the sensors, which throughout our entire game always took two orders to get rid of. Yep. Yeah. Every yeah. single time should a sensor, it always passed, like, enough armor saves to be on one structure. Mm-hmm. So. Ordinarily, oh, was... plus range band does matter because if you're in plus range band of a mine, you're getting eaten by the mine. Yes, yes. Yeah. Usually, yes. it doesn't so, matter. But, but even brain. even then, outside of eight, still plus three. Plus three, yeah, and not and bad. because it ignores mimetism, like not any mimetism and cover mods. Not that the sensors mm. in this mission get cover mm. mods. It just makes it an absolute cinch to get rid of, as long as you, yeah. you know, don't roll a twenty or whatever on your whip check. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so. Uh, Went up, turn off the sensor, place my sensor, and then at that point, like there was nothing left to do in the game. Um, yeah. There was no way I was getting um, the point for having because I didn't get a sensor in one of his sides, and he didn't get one on one of my sides, and there was just no way that was going to happen with the orders I had left. 
Mm, I... um, but it ended up being a 7 5 uh, win oh, to close, me. Close game. Close game, yeah. Um, yeah I... um, really, re- really good game. <laughs> um, like I said, yes, I think Jordan, yes. yeah, <laughs> I think Jordan reflected, reflected on it um, afterwards is that um, it's just going to have more experience because uh, in moving like the big fire team. Mm. Um, the other thing I'll say on your particular table, Kev, and tables like that, you can sort of see it in the Canberra table as well. Those like little boxes that are lifted platforms. Mm-hmm. I do think um, they oh, should shit, be for sensitive field. Th- those should count as the ground. Mm. It depends. Um, only the only only like the first level, and I'm more thinking about ones where they've got tables where they've got like the camber table where the boxes are really long, like they take up a third of the table or so. Um, what do you think, Ed? But- Typically, for those scenarios which require ground level, we do play the first level as ground yeah. level on the camera table. Oh, okay. But that is a, just a conversation yeah. that happens between opponents. You just make an agreement and say, yes, we count yeah. this as also the ground level. Because I know, I know on similar tables where if those mm-hmm. um, blocks go all the way to the edge, then we also count that as ground level for walking yeah. AD on, just because it yep. gives you the ability to actually place an AD trooper somewhere. Yeah, and I, I, I think... Yeah, yeah, because uh, in this, especially with this particular table with that big feature in the middle, there's not a lot of real estate for those sensors. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, and it's and it's, and it's a criticism and a compliment of that mission is it's just one of those things that's very table dependent on how the and how easy or difficult it is to place sensors. And yeah, I can definitely see you don't have much play many places to place uh, a sensor on that table in particular. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really good game, and t- to be honest, I I'm probably gonna say probably one of my favorite games of the entire tournament. Oh, Jacob, you mother, you ruined it. You really did ruin <laughs> ruined it. it. Really ruined. I want to say something else on this on this mission as well about deactivators. Is um, I think I messaged uh, Rob, who made the mission on Discord before the event, going, "Hey, Rob." Did you know that the deactivators can be used Our against thing? the sensors? And he was like, "Yeah, of course they can." I'm like. Can you make that explicit in the rules? Because no one knows what a deactivator is. Like they're all like, "What? What's a deactivator?" <laughs> like you know, it's like it's because it's such an underused piece of yeah, kit that, like, if, unless it's written there explicitly, people will not think to use it. So <laughs> to be you... fair to Rob, he he did add it into the mission. He was like, "It they can be whatever is whatever back to deactivator just to make it in case someone was like, "Oh, oh wow, I can do that with my engineer." Woohoo! It's it's could the, yeah. could the deactivator it's shut down the defensive turret? Mm, don't think so. Ooh. I just I just I again I hardly had any experience. I know it t- shuts down equipment like repeaters and stuff, but at the moment, what what it really exists in the game that's like that's what a repeater and the mines. No repeater mines. Um, the a thing. Uh, yeah, a uh, things and uh, combined army things. Can, can it? Does it still but work against? What? I don't know if it works you, against wait, networks are, anymore. No, no, it doesn't because they're not. Oh, uh, they don't work against. Ah, uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, they're troopers now. Yeah, they're well, troopers yeah, now. they used Although to. Although that you, would be hilarious. The, the oh, well, the old, the old deactivating was minesweeper. Minesweeper. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, that was yeah. End of end of day one. End of day one because we only played two rounds in day one because we started at like midday because we had people coming from um, Sydney. 
two people specifically um so we needed to make sure that people could get which i i was really really happy about because it meant that we could have a big night on friday and then get up and make breakfast and casually just get to the event and set up the tables and not have to like be up at the crack of dawn which was nice um saturday night we most of us went to the pub uh had a really good had a really good dinner had a really good catch up with everybody there um we were and actually uh, shout out to um to Rob, uh, it was it Rob Cantrell or Rob Wright who organised this. I can't remember. I think uh, Wright did on Cantrell's behalf. Ah, yes, that's right. Yes, um, organised dinner like literally a stone's throw away from our apartment that we were staying at. The Victorians were staying at, so we just like casually sauntered over there, a little bit late, fashionably late. I like to say, um, uh, had yeah. some had some beers, had some had some parmas. And then had a few had a few drams. Uh, Val, you were sorely missed because we were hoping to go to um, a nightclub, but you weren't there. So. Um, <laughs> oh, we we ended up going back to the apartment with um, a couple of, with the um, guys from Sydney. Yeah, and had a and had a few more drinks there, and um, basically got into tier list talk for about five Ooh, hours, yeah. and it was really? it was. <laughs> That's a it was, dangerous topic. It was rough. It was rough. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> I'm just going to say now, Zephyr, think, Zephyr can talk a lot about tier list yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Zephyr's <laughs> a some, brain. He's just like a walking brain. At some point, I was just like, I'm out, guys. I need to go to bed. I need, <laughs> I need to go yeah. to bed. <laughs> so, so I met so many tier lists. So um so anyway that was that was day one. Day two now, so we're going into round I'm gonna sorry, I'm gonna have to oh. jump out because I have to be up at four thirty to watch Arsenal lose the title to Man City. Okay. So good night. Well you'll have gentlemen. to listen back on me getting vengeance for you against Absolutely. Uh, no, I've heard and I've uh I've already teased uh Ivory, but I will definitely listen in and I wanna hear exactly what you did to him. So good night guys, all the best. Good night, Val. Um, Thanks Thank for coming on, Ed. All right, bye. bye. Good night. Okay, so we're into round three, uh, which was yeah, highly classified. High, oh yeah, it's highly classified. Or the so basically, it's highly classified where you choose your own classifieds, essentially, yeah. right? So, in, 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 so what the the order of like the game is slightly changed up, where you do your lieutenant roles and you pick your list before and like you do all that decision before you actually draw the um class the actual classifieds themselves yep yeah so the the idea is you can make a list planned around at least two classifieds yep yeah so if you don't, if you don't mind I'll, I'll cover mine you guys can go over yours oh yeah sure because i guess uh how who 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 played who oh no I, we, didn't, we, I, we didn't play each other no, we didn't. Yeah, okay, cool. None of us three played each other, so we're just yes. three games. All right, okay, so, cool. Jacob, you go for I played it. Back, I played back on the green Ariadna table, mm-hmm. and that was where I remained for the rest of the day. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I played uh, Ryan, uh, who was Kurt. the only other Ariadna player there. Uh, I had planned yeah. the entire, like, my entire plan was specifically to make a list to deal with any other faction just essentially any faction that would reasonably be expected to take a hacker because i expected as soon as somebody 
So I said, hey, I'm playing tack. They go, okay, well, get the fucking hacking right, yeah. cards out. Bam, bam. <laughs> You're going to have a hard time doing those. And then I ended up playing an Ariadna player. And uh, the entire night, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Well, turns out I was the guy who heard him say, I'm going to play Ariadna. I went, fuck it. Hacking objective. I hope you brought a war driver. Um, just, so I put down... Yeah. Yeah, so I so my plan initially was to take um, HVT identity check um, and potentially something like uh, capture or predator was probably the one that I was going to look at taking. Actually, uh, hopefully yeah. I wasn't. Actually, before we before we get into your game, I just want to just for our listeners out there because I I would like to get all of our thoughts on this mission and how you pick the classifieds because okay. because. I feel like a lot of people went for HVT classifieds. Ed do, or Jacob, do you agree with that? Or I didn't really have a plan for my classifieds because I just took a gen- general highly classified list rather than a highly classified list. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that pronunciation every time. Yeah. Um, I knew, sort of went to it knowing that I'd want to have one of my uh, objectives be par- uh, the Doctor Paramedic one, experimental drug. Because one, no one expects Pano to pick that one. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Why would Pano pick that one? Yeah. Um, but I knew that I had both. I had two paramedics, and I had lots of things that I could paramedic, be it fusiliers yeah. that happen to survive, or helots because they're shock immune. And then the second one would sort of depend on what the opponent was. I ended up picking in my game uh, test run, uh, knowing that my opponent Zephyr could do test run, but my plan was to kill all of his things to dead. Uh, and that is one way to stop the opponent getting test run. And as I had a tag in my list as well, it's likely that I'd be able to do test run because it's difficult to kill a tag all the way to dead in one turn. Yeah, right. And then, and then I guess Jacob, you chose yours based on because you're like a, almost like a double bluff because you were Ariadna. People wouldn't think expect you to pick hacking, and then you pick hacking just to kind of throw them off course. Well, no. See, my original plan wasn't to take any of the hacking ones i took the war driver because i thought oh, other people would yes okay yeah sorry the my, other my, yes my plan was to take i like id uh hvt id check because mm-hmm. especially tac has really good access to sensor um sensor but not but like forward deploying camo sensor yeah yep yep um and then depending on my opponent if they're not very good in close combat predator if and then Outside of Predator, it was kind of going to rely on um, the Spetnaz Parachutist, one of the ones that he could do. It wasn't going to be net undermining. It was potentially going to be like capture or something like that. Mm. It's funny that because it's one of those missions where, yeah, because because it is you, you choose your classifieds, I st- stayed clear of classifieds that I knew that both of us could do easily. So things like... Sabotage, sabotage i stayed clear of net undermine i stayed clear of um some of the hacking ones i stayed clear of because just you can just sort of do them incidentally you know like oh i've got a veteran across the halfway line whip check it's like you almost i i went out with a goal of trying to make it hard for my opponent and easy for me um which then kind of it does kind of funnel you into a certain way but the other thing was that if Depending on depending on whether I was going first or second would also affect 
how if I was going to do HVT classifieds because if you're going first and you choose two HVT classifieds, then you're really reliant on where your opponent puts the HVT. Mm -hmm. providing your opponent thinks about that as well because i don't know you guys but whenever i place an hvt sometimes like if unless it matters i'm like uh (laughs) there whoa you didn't quite press that mute button fast enough there jacob did you no i didn't sorry um uh some i don't know you guys but sometimes my hvt will just be like uh he'll go there like yeah especially in this especially in this one yeah hvt placement is can be kind of important it's really important to put the hvt mm. down yeah and sometimes i I felt like i was in my like we'll get to it in my game but like i felt like i was very much trying to figure out where they might put theirs and almost putting my hvt in a position because you know sometimes you're it's almost like it's funny like your opponent will put their hvt in the opposite corner of where you put yours I don't yeah. know if that's I don't know if that's common. I don't know what the stats are on that, but sometimes it'll often be like, "I'll put mine here." Okay, mine's over here, or it'll be. In the yeah, same well, I, with I, a fair number of HVT parties in my game where they. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, okay, I've, yeah. I've, I've I've seen it before. I don't I don't really aim to get like my HVT far away. Um, I think sometimes it's more that, like, if my if my HVT there is there and my HVT is important, it's going to be something that I'm going to try and defend. Right, so right, I yeah. don't want, I don't want, I, and then that means there's going to be things over there. I don't want those things near my HVT where it can do objective things. So I'm going to put it all the way across. Mm, mm. Anyway, sorry, I, that I was mean, just I mean, something I wanted to. Yeah, it was just something I wanted to touch yeah. on before you got into your game, just to get an idea. Of, yeah, uh, yeah. What um, are our thoughts on it? No, I'd be, I'd really be really interesting to know the set of classifiers you guys had to end up doing. Um, so yeah, I, I put down. I, 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 he said he is going to go Ariadna. I knew that I had some hacking capability, so I literally put down HVT uh, espionage, which is a hacker only one. Uh, whip check at minus three, and then I thought I may as well not completely new to myself by taking the other hacking one. I thought I'll. I've planned to take sensor. My list is sort of built around having mm-hmm. good sensor. I'm mm-hmm. going to put down. Um, identity check. My opponent put down uh, net undermining and Oof. Uh, and sabotage. Oh my goodness! Yeah, see, uh, like that's what we're uh, talking about. Like that's to yeah. me, that's like I'm like yes, right? Yeah, that was as easy to do for many sessions, yeah. particularly yeah, attack. That, yeah. Well, that's tr- that's true, but like now that I know his list, I know that I think the reason that Ryan did that is because. There's again. I'll, I mean, I'll get into it in one second. There's one particular model that's very good at doing both of those things. Yeah, it's an, um, it's, a, it's so the Spetsnaz AD. Spetsnaz. Yes, we, we we know we know yeah. we know we we know that you've got hard on for the Spetsnaz AD, Jacob. You can drop it. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I pick first turn. He takes two orders by bigger pool. Given the objectives, the very first thing I oh, so the big important thing is when I was setting up, I was trying to figure out what I was going to hold back. I decided that I could put Carmen, whose batard has a sensor, as well as the canine unit, just opposite ends of the board, so that at the very least I've covered both sides of the board mm-hmm. um, with a potential sensor. And I decided, okay, instead of holding back my Spetnaz, which is uh, like the sniper, I think was in that list, that I normally do, I'm going to pull hold back the war corps. Uh, sorry, not the war corps, the war driver. Because the idea was I just wanted to get that, one objective that I he I was pretty sure he could not do, done and dusted, 
so that I could spend the rest of the game like finishing the rest of the objectives if I had to do them slowly. Mm-hmm. So first turn, uh, dropped in Spetnaz right next to the building that I picked, um, planted a D-charge, got that objective. Um, then, so th- this is all done as coordinated orders with the um, war driver, just for order efficiency. Um, so did a whip check, failed, did the next whip check, succeeded, gotten it undermining. Sorry, hang on. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Back up. Coordinated orders with the war driver. Just, uh, just, for, the, just for the movement. Just for the movement. Yeah, oh, so move, okay. place to charge, move, fail net undermine, move, succeed net undermine, and then I'm going to guess the war driver goes next. Yes. Right, okay. That, that, okay. that, was, that, that was always for it, just for order efficiency. Go up, war driver, right, because of course, like, I want to, if, if she's going to fail, I want at least enough orders to get her to finish it. I got the one thing I did get very lucky in this game is that I never had to, I never failed any of the whip checks other than on the Spetnaz. She passes her neg three um, whip roll on the HVT. I get that one. And then my antipote goes, does the sensor identity check. Um, because, I, and I'm not, I'm not quite sh- like he did put his HVT pretty much right up against where my antipote was. So if you take a look in the picture you got there, see that tower on the right-hand side? Uh, oh, sorry, on the, on the, the left, you mean the left? On the left-hand side. Yeah, right, right yep. here, yep. Yep. Um, in that very, like, little corner uh, against the table, uh, against the table edge, that's where he put his HVT, and I could put oh. my antipode pretty much directly across from that building. That building's less than eight inches. Oh, I see. So you I just didn't censor it. Yeah. Yeah, so... First turn, I had completed every single one of the primary objectives, including one that he could not complete. Yeah, okay. That and, 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 yeah, and yeah, at, at that point, well, like we took a look afterwards, there was the the best Ryan could hope for is to stop me from completing my um, uh, my secondary. And even then, I think the best he could hope for was a draw. Mm. It was like a, it would be like a seven all draw or something like that. And what that was, was classified. I got really lucky with my hidden classified. It was Predator. Ah, nom 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 nom. Yeah. yeah, but even more lucky. So, yeah, no. And in my turn, nothing really happened much after that because I had obviously spent all my orders doing classifieds. He drops in his spetnaz behind my spetnaz. Now, admittedly, I think it, we did discuss. He's probably he was more than more going for the meme of it, but I got. Really freaking lucky. I passed the um, dodge roll to face him when he came in. Mm-hmm. So that meant I was facing the Spetnaz and I was facing the... Um, uh, I was still covering what I wanted to, which was uh, the path that the bear pod could come through. Um, but because of the distance, it meant that um, that meant that if he did too much with his Spetnaz, I'd just get close enough to, like, melee, to do melee stuff. Um, ends up, he comes at me with um, his Spetnaz. We do just a dice off because they're both Spetnazes, um, so they both have the exact same dice. He rolls an 8, I roll an 18 and smack him with a crit D charge. That happened, yep. With the one D charge, oh, no, the one of the two D charges I have left, um, which obviously goes towards my Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, runs up his uh, bear berserks. Um, I managed to do a wound on the bear. However, he obviously kills my uh, spetnaz. 
um, mm-hmm. because he berserked. There's no reason for me not to at least try and do a wound. Bear runs down. Um, does I, I pass a lot of dodges. I manage to get enough wounds that he goes dogged and dies. Does um, doing a wound also count the trigger, the predator trigger? No, you have to kill something. Uh, it doesn't matter. Does it, it makes no difference. I could have grabbed something later in the game anyway. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. If, if it's doing it. wounds, awesome. Yeah. Um, and at that point, it was re- it's just I just had really hot dice. Um, like I would always, I, I kept succeeding at dodges. I don't think it really killed anything in ARO, but I succeeded at a lot of dodges. Um, uh, like he just had to pay for every single thing that he was killing. It was always, it was always a trade, and often a trade in my favor. Mm. Um, so how did that end? The end? That was a 10 2, 10 1 mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, because he managed to get sensor and I think he managed to get the uh, the decharge um, uh, thing, uh, thing off. So, yeah, cool. it was a really good game uh, with Ryan. I was really glad that I got to see my plan like come to fruition. Like, like that everything lined up so well um it was just unfortunate in his turn things just went my way and not his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um all right uh ed do you want to go with your round three yep uh the aquatic table please as he sneezes yeah he's got silence. a bit of a <laughs> thankfully silence this time Yep, All there right. it is. All right. So I'm playing Varuna. It's an aquatic table. I'm obviously not <laughs> going to. That would have been not, good. I'm not going to yeah. say to my opponent that I'm, we're playing it as an aquatic table. So we play the the blue stuff as just open terrain. Okay. Yeah. So so for our people who are wa- not watching but listening, this is a uh, this is a uh, what would you call this table? Like, it's a Varuna table. It's built yeah. as a Varuna table. Okay. Um, yeah, so cool. there's a lot of aquatic terrain, lots of uh, watery areas. There's some foliage as well, and some pretty square buildings. If, 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 if for anyone listening, if you just imagine, it's a bunch of little islands with buildings on them connected by bridges, and the map just happens to be a water-looking map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, isn't the map? Sorry, the not the map. The mat that's put down is just yeah. water-looking. This has gone yep. through a few iterations as well. I think I played on that earlier, ver- or I saw yep. an earlier version of this table before it got these Brutal Cities fade light terrain, which, by the way, excellent terrain pieces, um, really nice shapes, uh, nice nice rectangles and squares, and the uh, walkways as well, being some of them being wide enough to fit, I think, is, is that a tag can fit across there, or just 40 mil bases? I'm not quite sure. Um, but- the uh, peacemakers and uh, tags can go over the wider bridges, but not the narrow bridges. Yeah, cool. So that at least that gives you some accessibility for bigger models. So yeah, yeah. it looks like a really really fun table uh, if you've got the right tools, I guess. Um, the unfortunate thing with this table is, whilst it looks really good and really playable from the angle the picture is, it's sort of mm. a forty five degree. Once mm. you're looking down at the table level, the line of sight lines are very porous. Because you can right. just draw a line of sight under, underneath yeah. all of these bridges, so you can go from one deployment oh, zone to the other shit. very easily. It, it, yeah, okay. it does. It, like I'm, I'm looking. I, I remember actually looking at this table and, um, and looking down some of the bridges and like, there's a just a straight line into someone's deployment zone here, here, yep. here. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Now, who, me who, playing who pano, playing? this is amazing for a pano player. <laughs> so long as you have the biggest gun. Um, all right, super quickly, so I was playing against Zephyr, who was running Whiteco. Um, he's more commonly known for being a pano player, so he probably knew my army better than I did. Um, uh, but this was very much a case of showcasing what the Squallow was in the Squallow list for, because being highly classified, I ran the Squallow list. Uh, the two, as I said earlier, the two classifieds I picked were Test Run and uh, Experimental Drug, and Zephyr picked uh, Sensor the HVT and Predator. And my hidden one was um, Whip Plus Three to pull out the brain. Um, an extremist oh, an extremist, yes. Sorry, what, what, were we, what were the two that you picked again? I picked uh, uh, Experimental Drug, fully mm -hmm. expecting that I'd have at least a Hellas alive up. Uh, after taking a bite, yeah. taking some hits to paramedic or my missile launcher in, if it didn't pass a billion one armor saves. <laughs> uh, and test run because I had a tag that was likely going to take some damage sometime. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I also had the options of picking hacking ones, but going into white co, they generally have hacking superiority against a pano force if they're running a, a Danavis. And there was mm -hmm. a Danavis in uh, Zephyr's list. So the main problems I had to deal with early was that there was a Peacemaker Reserve dropped directly opposite the Swallow, so it couldn't just walk forward up and start applying murder to things. So I applied the Nomad plan into the Peacemaker, where I walked forward, so my takeaway was to walk forward and then spec fired it twice in order to get it unconscious. Oh, wow. Yep, there you go. Yep. That works. Yep, so nine, just hard roll that nine. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> that opened up a line for the Swallow to walk down you know, from the picture's perspective, it's the far edge of the table. It sort of went up down that far edge of the table. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing it saw was a standing, um, what's the, uh, who's the owner of White Company? Um, um, John, John Hawkwood. John Hawkwood. Yeah. Yep, so could see standing John Hawkwood, uh, did three hits and a crit and completely deleted him. Oh, uh, why did he have, because, why, why? Yeah. Why isn't, was he, he, isn't he armed with just a marksman rifle? Uh, that one was, I think, it was either a Red Fury or a K1 Marksman. Yeah, but what, did he mean uh, to stand him up, or was it the porous of the t porousness of the table that allowed you to get a line? Um, I think he was meant to be stood up on that line because it was within the good range for Hawkwood. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Fully expecting to just take one because he's got mimetism, he's got decent range, and then That's go true. down once he takes it. But mm -hmm. sadly, got deleted in the first face to face roll. Then I had a choice. Uh, it was about three orders to move back to safety, and I had five orders left in that combo group at this point. Um, so the choice was, do I try and take another face-to-face -face against the next thing would have been Liang Kai, uh, who dodges really well, and I really don't want to have dodge into melee with my Swallow, or lob a few more grenades. I ended up choosing lob a few grenades, and this is where I got vengeance for Val because the target I picked was his obvious lieutenant and the uh, friend bot for his engineer that was in the area. Mm. So lobbed the first grenade, missed, lobbed the second grenade, got the hit, the fusilier failed the dodge, and damage 15 got through the fusilier and killed the friend bot as well. Oh no. That's the one good thing about those long range um, and, and uh, spec, fire, spec fire grenades because you. Um, because uh, most of the time, what you shoot them at doesn't dodge any better than what you're you're firing at. So now knowing that I definitely killed his lieutenant because that was the only viable option, and he's definitely killed his possible chain of command in yes. um, Hawkwood. Oh, Hawkwood, yeah. He was definitely going to be lost a lieutenant. So at that stage, I pulled my tag back to relative safety away from Liang Kai because he had enough command tokens to make Liang Kai be angry and run straight at the tag. 
and then use my secondary combat group just to move uh, helots into more annoying positions. Mm. So whilst I didn't do any classifieds in that first turn, I did put serious damage into my opponent. Absolutely. Um, in response, uh, Zephyr managed to get some face-to-faces with his Kahu. Unfortunately, taking face-to-faces against uh, Helots is a bit of a dicey proposition, uh, and the Helots ended up winning the day in that one. So, no. showcasing Helots are super <laughs> amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, do, do you know what Kahu it was? It, it was the the Fwebak one, the really Which good one. Which other one would it be, Jacob? Jeez, come on. Come on, you play this game as much as I do. <laughs> it wasn't going to be the paramedic one, was it? I've only, I've only fought like one Kahu. Well, there's only one car who you need to know, which is the one with yeah, plus one burst right. fire back. That was in a Harris link as well. Yeah, so burst four fire back. Yeah, yeah. thirteen. It's, it split burst into um, the missile launcher um, fusilier and the helot, but the helot won the day, and the uh, missile launcher survived. I think another face to face. Of course, mm. it survived. Um, the Kahu didn't go to dead though, so it ended up being paramedic later in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, my not much happened during that turn one because obviously in left lieutenant. My turn two, I ended. I focused on doing classifieds this time, so I paramedic um, one of the helots that went down. Uh, didn't get to do test run, but did get my Nida Montessa to go uh, in extremist recovery and start the predator run, uh, and then fall back again. Uh, Zephyr then got his paramedics up and um, went and tapped the shoulder or tried to engineer his TR bot, which I'd killed through my tag. Uh, unfortunately, fluffed the roll, I think, or no, didn't quite get into range, so I had to do the um, gizmo kit shot kit. rather than mm-hmm. the engineer roll and uh, unfortunately killed his own TR bot. No. Yeah. Uh, then my turn three was just doing the last classifieds I could, uh, trying to contest such that Zephyr couldn't do as many classifieds, finishing off um, Predator. Uh, so I ended up completing all of the my, all of the classifieds except for Test Run because nothing of the structure had got wounded. Oh no, that was the one you were just like, yeah, I'll be in for a cinch. That yeah, one. that'll be an easy one. Yeah, well, right. something will get wounded sometime. That's always the risk with those ones is that you kick the shit out of your opponent and you never get take a wound, and they do their classifieds. You're sitting there going, "Well, I can't do test run or thing because I don't get hurt." Yeah, Zephyr so, so- made a right crack of it on uh, their last turn. Um, got managed to get the Ford Observer bot into sensor my um, HVT, but uh, Engineer was locked out of action by that point, so couldn't get test run on the numerous remotes that were unconscious by that point. Mm. Uh, and I think I managed to kill his paramedic by that point as well. Yeah, right. Do you remember? So Zephyr was running. Did he have a core, or is he running? Couple of Harris teams. What was his sort of main uh, punch? They were running a pair of three-person links. Ah. Uh, so it was Hawkwood, Liankai, and a paramedic. I want to say Fusilier, mm-hmm. and then the other was a Kahu, a Kaplan, and Beast Hunter FTO. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. that sounds right. And then, like, just like a smattering of then Guilangs and Peacemakers. Uh, no Guilangs. It was just a Peacemaker, a Danavus, uh, a single Fusilier, a TR bot. And I think at that point, it's just a Ford Observer bot and a Flashy Boy. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, the TR bot seems like a quite a, an important addition to that list, um, given the yes. lack of otherwise aerial presence. But yeah. Yes. 
without the I, TR bot, it would have been a case of the 901 tester just running straight for its deployment zone. Um, yeah. But with the TR bot there, I ended up going with the spec five plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zephyr. Also, that TR bot held back my uh, Ford Observer bot from being able to do anything until it was dead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, and and yeah, like helots just seem to. I, I remember at the beginning of N four, people were like, "Why bother taking helots? Because you've got a fifteen, you know, you've got fifteen combat slots. Like they they don't do anything in the active turn, so those irregular orders are kind of wasted unless you know you want to spend command tokens on them. They're not really worth their points. But I think maybe in Varuna, they do make their they 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 are worth their points. In Varuna and in Spiral Core, they are absolutely worth their points. It's absolutely worth taking two of each in both Spiral and Vin and Varuna. Can't I, speak I, to Vanilla, but they're vanilla, even yeah. Vanilla, so it's generally it's only worth taking yeah, one true. anyway. Yeah, true. I, th I think it's the, the thing I, I mentioned with a couple of things. I think it's just the consequences of failing against them can be pretty rough sometimes, even if mm -hmm. it is just it's a nine-point model that took, let's say you take two orders, Two orders is probably worth nine points. Yes, at that yep. point. Yes, absolutely. No, they are. They are. Yep, because it's generally a case of move to get close to line of sight, then move to get into line of sight, and then it's discover shoot mm -hmm. and hope you that first face to face roll. Maybe you do, maybe mm. you don't. Or you do my favorite thing when they move, and then you do nothing, and they go to discover, and you're just like, well, I'm just not going to do anything, and you're going to waste your order. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Generally, that is a mistake. It is you have to discover shoot them. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Uh, my round three was on the red and black table, which is Scott's table, I believe. He's another local. A uh, local. That to sounds correct. Yeah. Jacob, do the honors, please. Oh, sorry. I got distracted looking at Kaplan's. Which one? Nope. The red. The red table. Yep. Nope. The red table. Red table. There we go. There we go. Okay. So first thing I want to say is a about... That's oh. yes, you hello. again. You you're in every one of these bloody pictures. Well, because I think I think I took them. Um, oh, fair so, enough. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Because I took the pictures. Um, so first thing I want to say about this game. This was against Aaron. He was running Nomads. I took the double Maggie list because I was like, stuff it. And as we said at the top of this podcast, the list the list can actually do Sally Hasselblad pretty well. Um, I just want to point out very quickly. Uh huh. Oh yeah, old yeah, the, Maggie. the old Maggie, which actually was more of a pain in the ass than I remember because it's such it's it's so much smaller than actual S eight. There were so many times where I was like, "Oh wait, I can see over this building. I just need to use the silhouette." So yeah, the old model looks nice, but it's 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 so much smaller than the actual S eight um, silhouette. Maybe it needs to rise to expectations and get a lift. I think I need to put it on like a tactical rock, like a, like, yeah, like like a, a really big tactical yeah. boulder just to make it a bit bigger. Um, so I want to just mention this table really quickly. This was probably my favorite table of the weekend. And it, for those of you who were uh, listening along, uh, it's what it, I don't remember the manufacturer of this table. It kind of reminds me of Knights of Dice. I don't know if you know, Ed, yourself. No, nah, I don't know. No, it's fairly, it's fairly generic, like, you know, triangle, uh, sorry, triangles, uh, rectangles, squares, and like corner pieces of buildings with, you know, the usual walkways and ladders and crates and stuff like that. But it was really well designed to the point that I think it was just the most fun interactive game I've had, like I've had in a while. 
And but it was also one of those games where it was very clear where the lines lines of fire were. It was very clear how you would move up the table. It was very clear how you would interact with the table. So from my point of view, it was just it was just great. And not to mention, it also looks beautiful as well. So um, props to Scott for building it and painting it. It was a fantastic table to play on. Definitely, um, um, what every table should be should be aiming for. Because yeah, I had such a good such a good time on this table. Um, as for the game itself, it was also a really really tight game. Um, like I said, I was playing playing nomads. Um, the cards we got actually, can you zoom in on that? The cards there on the screen because I forgot which cards we got. Um, so yes, that's what it was. So I took the uh, HVT sensor one, and yeah. I took the HVT inoculation. And then he took the designation one, which was the hacker. That's it. That's that's an an extremist. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he took and and he took an extremist recovery was the fourth one. So we had we had the designation, an extremist recovery, um, sensor, and inoculation. Um, Is is that is that? Are you sure that's not kidnapping? No, trust me. I remember. I played. I I played the game. Um, If you zoom back out again. Okay, um, and then for my private one, I got Sabotage, which I was quite happy with. And I can't remember what Aaron got. Um, it may have been Mapping, I think it was. It was some really difficult one to do. Um, so I, yeah, so he was playing playing Nomads. So it's quite a fun little, like, there was a little bit of counterplay there because he was like, he's playing Nomads. So I definitely did not want to play any Hacking Classifieds because Nomads. Um... I knew I could get the HVT inoculation one because I had two paramedics on the table inside the Magriba guards, and obviously I had two sensors, so that's why I went for the um, the biometric visor one, or the sorry, the sensor one. Um, but I did forget that, of course, nomads have Pywell, who is a really good like trooper everything. for this mission I who just does do everything yes yeah. exactly and and hindsight was like oh shit of course you can take pie well maybe i shouldn't have taken the sensor one um but this was a game this was an absolute game so i i think i chose to go first i think yeah i'm pretty sure i chose to go first again i was running double magriba um the table was but all the buildings were tall enough to hide a magriba so that was perfect so it didn't really matter which side of the table i chose um so i was happy just to go first and try to start accomplishing objectives um he had put a no a moran um on he basically he had took, taken two the two requisite morans as you'd expect he put one on my right flank one in the center um and i had planned to move up my right flank because that was where um, his HVT was, and that's where I planned to do my sensor and my inoculation. So my first pl- my first uh, point of call was to try to get rid of his Moran that was on a rooftop. And this is where I applied the grenade launcher Magriba. Um, so the grenade launcher Magriba was luckily on my right flank, and I moved up, made sure I was within 24, bent an order, I needed an 8 to land the grenade launcher. I missed the first one, Second one, I rolled a seven. He failed his dodge, or he rolled under the seven, and then failed his armor save, which not only killed the or knocked the unco- knocked the knocked the Moran unconscious, but also took out his crazy koala. Perfect. 
that allowed me then to move the Magariba up the table a bit further and allowed me to move my Beast Hunter up the table to start attacking his stuff. He had uh, Robin Hook, which was the first time I'd encountered Robin Hook, which was actually quite a... Um, it was it was a bit of a challenge, actually, because he had, on that same flank, he had, he had the Moran, but then just like eight inches behind the Moran, he had Robin Hook. So I also had to then take, take care of Robin Hook, which which ended up being not as difficult as I was hoping as I thought it was going to be, but that was mostly due due to dice. Beast Hunter had a go at it. It managed to we basically managed to kill each other um through like series of face to face rolls and eventually a heavy flamethrower took her down to unconscious or took her down to Yeah, unconscious. Um even with the total immunity. Um so that was good. Um I was able to do a I think a couple of my classifieds in the first turn. He wasn't able to do any classifieds on his first turn. Um but it basically all came down to I think turn three. Um I had like three or four, I had like three of the classifieds. The only classified I couldn't do was the HVT designation one because I only had my Rafik which is the only forward observer in my army, and it was way too far away. It was basically, my Rafik was down here on my left flank, and his and his HVT was all the way over on his right flank. So there was just no That's way... right there, isn't it? Yeah, the Rafik's down there, and then the um, HVT was all the way on the other side of the table. So there was just no real way I was going to be able to do that. So I had to do all the other classifies except that one. Um, so the... Basically, the highlights or the other highlights of the game, other than getting the grenade launcher on the Moran, was um, we had. Oh, I managed to use deactivator. That was that was one of the the, the um, highlights. He had a what's he called the um, interventor. He had an interventor killer hacker with a fast panda, and he moved it forward, placed a fast panda with the intention of possessing or isolating one of my Magribas. I can't remember if he did it or he failed, but either way, he managed to brain blast Layla. And then I had to deal with this fast panda, but there was nothing that could really get to it um, except for my engineer, who was able to move up, like move, move into line of fire and then just deactivate it in one order. To be honest, I could have just shot it with a rifle, but you know how dice go sometimes. So deactivated it, got rid of that. That allowed me to move up. So that was fun. Um, and it really, it really came down to like the last turn, and this is where I made a mistake. So I had my my own two, I had two, I had three of the classifieds plus my own um, personal classified, and he had his, and I think he had only one classified. So I was like in front, but I knew he had to do an extremist recovery. And I knew he had to do um, he had to do the HVT HVT designation. No, sorry, not de not de not designation. He had to do in extremist recovery and the sensor one. That was what it was. And so I knew that he I could stop him from doing the sensor one by just stopping um, Pywell from getting close to my HVT. So I had. Magariba and suppressive fire. I had um, something else like looking down the down the line, and that was fine. Um, but I didn't think about an extremist recovery. So what happened was I used 
the Magrubagar pilot, she got out, she inoculated the HVT and should have gotten back in the tag, but I didn't really have enough orders. So I just sort of left her there, which was a big mistake. Um, and because well, yeah, because what it allowed him to do is in his turn, he was able to shoot my 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 Magrubagar pilot with Pywell. Didn't put her dead, just put her unconscious, go over and do an extremist recovery. Then he was able to move forward and just use, I think basically by using his mimetism minus six, was just able to kind of like just push through my arrows to get within sensor area of my HVT. Like on the, and literally the last order of the game, rolled the whip check, got the whip, got the whip 13, got the last classified and it ended in an eight all draw. So like a really, really close game really like lots of ups and downs had some really good had some really good uh, plays with both with like with the maggies he had some really good um good um plays with what he had his army was quite interesting because it was a nomad list that didn't have any guns that's what i wanted to mention it was yes. basically yeah you you've, you've played this list before right Yes, aaron's been experimenting with doing the more asymmetric style of nomads mm -hmm. It's quite annoying to run a tag into, for one thing, um, yes. as you probably found out. Um, <laughs> particularly as Robin Hood, uh, Robin Hook doesn't really care about getting spec fired. Absolutely, yeah. And it was... Um, Did she have six cents or something? Uh, two wounds. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Two cents. wounds. She dodges quite well and total immunity. She just doesn't really care. She, yeah, he just got unlucky because he engaged my Beast Hunter and like failed in the first face-to-face, -face, lost a wound. In the second face-to-face, -face, I just heavy flamethrowered her and we both died. Um, had that gone the other way, then Robin Hook would have been a real problem for me. Um, just because, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a repeater that you can just move around the table pretty much without any, like, like no one stopping him and then just start possessing my tags. Um, but it was interesting that he just didn't have any guns, but it didn't re he didn't really need many guns, honestly. It wasn't like... It also wasn't one of those games, I think, either. Like, we were able to operate and do our classifieds kind of without too much. Like, I didn't have much up, up in the arrow except for my, like, tags. And he didn't have anything really in arrow. So it was all, everything was kind of being fought in close quarters or through via hacking. So it was a really interesting game. Um, it really it played really different to many other games I've played. So it was a really, really fun game. It, it's also interesting because a lot of the objectives that you've got there, like it's not necessarily interactive with your opponent's army because you've got three H three HVTs, mm, the inoculation, designation, and uh, sensor. So like the fighting is almost it's almost like I just need you chat. out of the I just not only need you out of the way so that I can get to the HVT. I don't need you dead. I just need you not here. So also this scenario pack is very favorable to that play style for Aaron um, because aside from Frontline being the first round, none of the other scenarios really need you to kill things. You just need to interact with um, sense, uh, placing little multi uh, scanners or yeah. classifieds or that sort of thing. Yeah, no, yeah as absolutely. long as you can keep your orders up, yeah. And again, mm -hmm. this was this was another game I played with my Maggies where the Mind Dispenser, I'll just mention it now, but the Mind Dispenser... Maggie didn't really do anything. Like its whole stick was to um move out, throw some mines to disrupt my opponent, and then just kind of like sit in suppressive fire for the whole game. The grenade launcher was the one that did all the work, mostly because I guess I needed to use the grenade launcher 
offensively. So I needed to move it into the midfield to then launch grenades and then to threaten my opponent. Um, so that was the one that ended up doing all the work, which was counter to how I thought I was going to play this list, uh, which was interesting as well. Um, with your deactivated play, could the pilot of that Maggie just got out and double templated the repeater? Um, the problem yes, with that she, is that would, would she would she have taken if she? Oh, no, no, no. She, 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 inside the tag, which doesn't matter. She could have done, uh, but it was uh, I would have needed to probably spend like an extra, or I would have needed to move move because it was on the other side of a building. That, ah, okay. uh, it was placed, so I would have needed to come around the building, which may have been. It wouldn't be. It would be more than four inches, but like less than eight. So it would have been, been. It would have needed two orders to do it. So yes, but otherwise, yes, I could have done that. Um, in hindsight, and so yeah. and also, if she got spotlighted, she would have taken it into the tag with her, wouldn't she? Because it's it's the same as like a transformation, like jumping on a bike. It's still the same model. Don't. No, I would have to look very closely at the rules. Yeah, okay. Let's like, yeah, like that's a question for our Patreons. Um, all right. So round last last game round three. Or sorry, have we all done round three yet? We yeah. have. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did with the thing. We have grenades. All right, on to the fourth and final round of this marathon episode. Yes, <laughs> yes. Two, oh, sure, yeah, so much, so much, so much episode. for so much for two hours. Um. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. With, I guess Jacob, you went first last time. Let you just let you go as well. Round four, fight. Uh, okay. Well, unfortunately, you're gonna have to stare at the picture of another of the same thing, that uh, same uh, table because I played on the same one. So I I was back on the green at Canberra table. It's sort of like a sh like a sort of shipyardy looking thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, this table Aaron for reference. Yes. yes, well, I, I, as it turns out, um, I, I also played Aaron. And I think, uh, in all honesty, probably played the same list that you did. Because um, right, yep. it also had Robin Hook in it. He may have taken them in both. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so I took my list with my antipode controller in uh, this, partic uh, this uh, particular uh, scenario, um, being rescue. Other than tax bikes, like they don't really have anything great for grabbing, um, uh, great for grabbing uh, the hostages. I mean, the bikes are good. Don't get me wrong. Um, they've got that smoke, but if you play, you know, for, for a lot of this ones, because the table, the way the table's set up, I think we had maybe four HVTs or three HVTs on top of buildings. There's just no other way of putting them down. Like we'd have to rotate the yeah, entire Yeah, that's table. that's the, that's the issue with having rescue in a mission, which I never yeah. thought before, is like that it can really screw with tables, especially if it's like the final mission. Yeah, you just have to kind of like um, take it where it lies sometimes. Yeah, and you know, a single MSV two or MSV one um, thing looking at you know two HVTs just ruins a dynamo's yeah. day. Um, yeah. and Carmen Carmen's honestly probably better for doing it. Um, so long as you make sure that she's not impetuous. Who are you playing? Oh, sorry, Aaron's with the... I was playing Aaron. Yes, yes, I was playing yes. the same sort of thing. Um, so unfortunately, I think for Aaron, because he's got this sort of hacking thing going, and for the most part, uh, camo camo tokens and uh, Ariana in general, especially tank, are immune uh, to most of that. Um, the only thing I really had to worry about was being spotlit and being hit with his rockets. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I God, I can't remember who went first. Um, sorry, I, I think I'll go through most of the highlights, but um, yeah, no, he, he definitely yeah. no, no, he, he definitely he definitely went first. So I put I put again my fire team with my um vet Kazakh and my in front of the sniper. I put them just sort of looking at the main areas of um, approach to the HVTs. Um, he um, moved up his uh, chimera. He moved up a whole bunch of things, and the the front of the sniper was having none of it, just putting every single one of them down. <clears throat> um, and unfortunately, his uh, Moran was fa- placed a little bit too far back to put to allow his uh, interventors to put down white noise to block out the. Um, to block out this sniper without him having to crawl down a ladder, which the sniper would have seen, and then he would have just shot right, at okay, the yeah. Moran. Um, it's that little middle um, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, circular wall up the top there. Um, he needed to put white noise to cover below that bridge and just couldn't quite get it far enough because he needed the entire way covered. Right. Um, so, yeah. Th- uh, so his first turn, unfortunately, just... Uh, just really oppressive as far as um, my AROs go without any sort of guns to really outrange me. Um, there wasn't there wasn't really much you could do, and I was just obviously covering the HVT, so we couldn't grab them. My turn comes. I drop down um, my Spetnaz. He takes out Alberto's, takes out the... Um, can we... Can we, can we, the, can we, 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 we want to get us done in the next, like, 20 minutes so just like yeah don't give me don't give me the turns give me like whatever like good things happened not like the play yeah, by play because I, I can't do it i am okay right t- t- took that out and then he sat oppressive again uh, sp- uh, uh in suppressor fire not much movement on the hvts um and that was sort of the thing for the rest of the thing is me slowly crawling up Wasting his uh, wasting his orders, killing his troops, um, taking out his orders, and him not really being able to punch me back very much. We did have an interesting um, situation um, where he used the repeater on Robin Hook to put a white noise in front of my Ermandino, who happened mm-hmm. to have rolled an MSV one. Ah, Ermandino's blind. He popped out, and we're figuring out like arrows and stuff. Where he remembers his Robin Hood, who also has bounty, also rolled an MSV one. <laughs> We're both sitting there blind at each other, um, but he, he he didn't want to go back and like redo all the orders. Yeah, sure, sure. That's um, funny. Up up to that point, and so at that point, I I managed at the very end of my turn. I had I had a uh, front of the uh, front of Sherlock forward observer. Um, in one pool with, I think, five orders to feed her, fed her five orders to get up, grab a uh, uh, the, one of the HVTs, bring it back. Um, so I, I would have won at that point because I had more HVTs, but I wanted to try, you know, tournament points, try and do the best I could. Crawled my parachutist Spetnaz down to grab the HVT and walk, and walk with her uh, back to my deployment zone to get that, you know, more more HVTs in your deployment zone, and then just happened to be in, um, uh, I, I got, instead of doing my classified, I did uh, control the HVT, secure HVT, oh, HVT with, my, yeah. with, my, with, my, with my antipode dogs, actually. 
Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's now I just remembered my game with Aaron. That's how he got the draw. He secured HVT. That's yeah. what it was. Well, yeah. He, oh, he, what, what? Yes, he he didn't actually do the sensor one. He just decided to move it with an eight with an eight. And I keep forgetting about this with secure HVT. Is that like he they can secure HVT if they're within eight. It doesn't matter how much of my stuff's within my HVT. Yeah, you have, have to be near his HVT. You have to be near yeah, that came near, up in our game as well. Beneath their HVT, yeah, I was just like, oh, I keep forgetting that. I think you can't secure my, my HVT if I'm securing my own HVT. It, yeah. yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's only if I'm securing your HVT, which caught me out in that game against Aaron because I just, again, forgot that secure HVT is like a classified you can do if you can't do your private private one. Yeah, okay, so, sorry. I, anyway. Yeah, I think, I think in our game, being mostly mental is hacking, um, there were some, like, unfortunate roles where, like, any 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 role he could do that I didn't really have a response to, like, like spotlighting through um, Pywell, which he did get up in my face, he would, like, fail the first role. Then I succeeded at the re... Uh, then I beat him in the reset, and then he would run out of orders or something like that. So, again, it was similar to Ryan's, where everything he tried to do just cost him more orders than he had available mm. to him and without any like big guns um, which i didn't realize um until you just mentioned it then without any really big long-range guns you know the spetner sniper you know my uh, front vic sniper my vet um hmg is just outranging with the mimetism and the big damage yeah yeah no um, it, it it's uh it can be tricky. Like I, I, I like the idea of having like you know the old sixteen-inch challenge just to see how your how your list um, develops mm. and changes. But yeah, it's some and some some tables you're just kind of fucked if you don't have yeah. an HMG. You're just like ah the smoke. Um, yeah, it can be difficult. All right, yeah. uh, my final round was on the on Rob's table, the um, CB card terrain one, which is very nice. Uh, and very well, very well yep. laid out. If if you've not listened, if you've not watched his YouTube video about how to set up a table, this is a good example of how to set up a table. Except it wasn't that friendly to a table. To a, <laughs> it wasn't that friendly. It wasn't that friendly if you're playing a game where there are four tags on the table, um, which was what happened in my final round against Ben, who is the only Victorian I ended up playing. Um, so he was playing Bakunin, and he was running a lizard oh. and a stigmata. And I was playing double Maggie, and this, it was. This isn't this isn't the one with the geckos as well, is it? No, no, no. So this is a stigma. Oh, a a, like I just, I it's just got a great list called the lizard petting zoo or something. Like that. Oh yes, Rob yes, Wright yes. had a conniption seeing this table set up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, but he he's not a big fan of tags, and having four tags on one table sort of blew his mind a bit. Oh yes, no, he he did come around and take many photos and was like, "This is blowing my mind." Um. Yeah, so it was two Magribas, a Stigmata, and a Lizard. And um yeah. Uh <laughs> it was it was a it was a fun but frustrating game, is what I would say. Um so I we so we were playing Rescue. Yep. Um I think I went first. Yes, I went first again because I'm playing double Maggie, because I just don't want his nomads to get any any handle on me hacking wise. Um he was playing the hacking tags. So I was like, just don't let that thing get near me. 
Um, I think I deployed on this table. I think I deployed on the far end where the guy in yellow. Oh, it's your it's your arm there, Jacob. So I was deployed on the far far side. Um, because again, I just thought it gave me more cover for two Maggies to go down. Um, I basically deployed one Maggie on one flank, the other Maggie on the other flank, and then um, his army was a moderator core with a riot or missile launcher, a lizard, a stigmata. Uh, Chimera and Popniks, a Killer Hacker, Killer Hacker Zero, um, a Missile Bot. He had some other stuff peppered around. He may have had like a couple of remotes, um, and that was pretty much it, I think, from memory. Um, but you know, what do you do with what do you do when you got two tags on the table? Um, so, in short, the uh, the highlights or lowlights of the game were I figured I needed to try and get rid of his oh what's happened here? Why have you just lost the photo for Oh sorry. Just lost the photo, okay. Um so essentially my plan going into this game was to try to um eliminate his aerial presence, so the Riot Girl Miss Launcher. Um move up with Carmen and Batard to grab a civilian and run back because I decided not to make them impetuous so that they could grab a civilian and then utilize the beast hunter to, you know, try to mop up, you know, just try to disrupt and then use the Maggies to basically kill anything in my active turn. Um, now, the table was fairly dense, but I realized after my first order that I actually had a line on his lizard from a Maggie. Um, in good range, um, between like basically like the gaps in between two buildings, where this basically where this objective room is, there was like a line that went from one end of the objective room through to his DZ, where I could see his lizard quite clearly. And I was like, ah, might as well, let's go for it, right? So it was four dice on fourteens versus his one dice on fourteens. He rolls a twelve. I don't beat the twelve, and I immediately lose two wounds on my Magrebe guard in the first order of the game. And I'm like, oh. Ouch. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, I was planning on using that Magriba to go after the Riot Girl. Now, you could say at this point, well, Kevin, you've got two Magribas. Just use the other one. But, alas, that Magriba was on the other side of the table, which would have taken significant amount of orders and also air rolls to, you know, to cross, cross from one side of the table to the other. So now I had, an, I now had the sort of thought in my head, of like, well, now do I... Do I just go for it? Do I just go and engage the the riot girl, or do I just do I pull back? Do I try and heal my Magriba? And but it's not remote presence, so I might fail and like just lose my last wound. Like what? Like it was like like first order of the game. My brain was like, oh, I didn't expect this to happen. So my first my first turn was essentially a bit of a just a complete and utter waste. Um, I ended up because this this mission has corsairs. I did pull. I did bring on a Corsair onto the far flank behind this little building here, um, which allowed me to use the hollow projector to get up on top of the building and shoot his um, Chimera in the back. So basically, disabled the Chimera, so the Pupniks were now useless, which was good. Um, the Corsair then tried to shoot his moderators in the core link to try to basically just break the link team and maybe even potentially luckily kill his LT. Um, however, his um, Ben's moderators either passed their dodges or passed their armor saves and I just 
ran out of orders. Um, that was kind of all I did on like that was like kind of all I did. Um, and then essentially the rest of the game kind of doesn't go very well for me. I attempt to use my Magriba a lot bit more to um, kill his. I think it was his. Um, oh yeah, he had, he had a lone missile bot just standing up. That I was like, I'll have a punt with that. Fail the face to face, and the Magriba just explodes. Um, so no, sorry, it doesn't explode. It goes to unconscious. Um, I try to repair it, and it dies. So that's that's that, that one's over. Um, the so other Magriba is getting fired. <laughs> Sorry, that that engineer is getting fired. Yeah, that engineer. Yeah, that because I I think I'd spent all my command tokens as well by that. Oh no, sorry, you can't spend command tokens on it because it's not remote, remote presence. But yeah, so that was all gone. I had one Magriba left that did have a bit of a run on the final turn. Was able to grab a civilian. Was able to to um, I think it was able to kill the Stigmata. Oh no, no, sorry. This this was actually one of the most fun parts about the game. Was I had Layla Sharif who he had put down with his zero killer hacker in the first turn, but not to dead, just to unconscious. I had gotten my Magribagar pilot out of her out of her tag and went to paramedic Layla Sharif, successfully got her back up, and then Layla then brain then trinitied the zero to death or to unconscious. Oh no, I think to yeah, to unconscious. And then the Magribagar pilot got back in the tag, tried to engage the lizard one more time, and then exploded. So that was that gone. But at least Layla was back up. And then Layla was now alive. And I wandered. And now she then, I then did a coordinated order with my Rafik Red Fury and Layla in a coordinated order. Moved the Rafik Red Fury into zone of control of the Stigmata. So that if the Stigmata then wanted to hack, it was going to, if it wanted to hack Layla, it was going to go through the firewall of the Rafik. So I was like two dice on 14s because the Stigmata has ECM hacker minus three, which is quite handy. Um, but essentially over the course of like, I think it was like four or five orders, I managed to put the Stigmata down to unconscious, which was nice, but it was, you know, a lot of orders because, you know, three structure and BTS6 is quite good. So you trinity the Stigmata to death. I did. Yes, yes, that was kind of my highlight of the game. <laughs> because that's the weakness it of the happened. Stigmata. <laughs> only to unconscious unfortunately though because in his last turn he ran his clockmaker's pal ball out got the stigmata back up to one wound um grabbed a civilian and then just ran for the hills back to his dz um which basically that was the game by then i had one civilian in my dz he had one civilian in his he had two civilians in his dz and that was basically um, basically game. The the other part about rescue that I find really odd is at the end of the game we were counting up points, and it ended three one to him because I had or no, it wasn't three one. It was something. It was a really sco low scoring game, even though he had more civilians in his DZ than I did, because he had nothing in his dead zone. He didn't get he didn't get as many points, so it's just like a weird way that rescue scores. Um, so that was like one of those things where like, oh yeah, you should totally have like gotten at least five points because you had more civilians in your DZ. You had like a classified like surely this would be five points to you, but it was only three. Um, 
And yeah, so that was that was it. But I mean, I guess a takeaway from that game is the Stigmata is actually a pretty good tag. Actually, it's not a tag. It's a really good hacker. <laughs> it's a really good, really good hacker with a tag tag. Yeah, it's a really good durable specialist that's a hacker and is an okay gunfire. Like it's not sorry, it's not a gunfire, but it's got okay guns for being a hacker. So yeah, mm-hmm. newfound respect for the Stigmata. <laughs> I think at its price point, it's pretty good. It's only like like high fifties, fifty eight points or something. Like fifty eight points and one and a half SWC in Bakunin. Yeah, no, I I rate it um, now. Actually, it's after not, seeing not, it, after not, seeing not it in action, bad. and seeing Ben use it more as a heavy infantry specialist than a tag, yeah. it's like it's like basically like a big heavy infantry specialist that can't go prone. Um, yeah. Is how I, I, mean, I would describe I'm, it I'm, now. I'm glad because it's 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 a good. Um, I'm glad you got a chance to see it in action mm-hmm. um, because I think it's a profile that at the very least I know like between us, we've been going, it seems like it works, but also that it doesn't. And I don't know until I see it on the table. I mean, to it's be so fair, like from anything else in the game, that's difficult to read what it actually does until you face it. Mm. Yeah. And like, to be fair, like Ben was running a bit of a meme list because he was running double tag because he wanted to, um, but I mean, I think it worked very well in that mission. I think in rescue, especially having a specialist, you know, tag that's really durable um, is a really good option. Especially because it's six four moves, so it it gets up the table quickly and gets yeah. back quickly. It, so yeah, there are there are a lot of missions that I can like I know, that I can see it working really well for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we're on to the final final one. Uh, Red, you are yep. on top table, Tennis I believe table. here. Yes, yeah. top table against Rob. Top table against uh, Rob. Which one? Which one? Which one was it? Say again. Kev's the table. the yeah. rusty one. Oh yeah. Old did you rusty. while walking up to this table? Did you hear Elden Ring music? Uh no, because I haven't played Elden Ring. Um, anyway. Facing Rob. So uh, up against Rob, uh, both of us, the only three people, the only people on three wins. So we both knew that going into this game, we just needed a one nil win uh, to take out the tournament. Uh I'm going to give a very brief summary because Rob has already done a detailed battle report on this game on in his channel. So uh, just because it's getting late, let's do the short version. Uh, I won the left-hand roll pick deployment because I my objective was to play the scenario as Annihilation with extra steps. So just step on his neck uh, and then just get one uh, HVT at the very end of the game. Turns out that this was also Rob's plan. So <laughs> ended up just being a game of Annihilation. Um, <laughs> So the only noteworthy part of my deployment is that I deployed my tag, the Squallow, in this case, playing the Squallow list, on right next to this tall building at the very bottom of the screen, uh, sort of poking out to see along that long line along the edge of the table to oh, keep yeah. the roadblocks back. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's Starmata list had a Zeta in it at his, as its big gun, and this table is really nice to play if you have lots of climbing plus, which mm. Starmata absolutely does. So Rob, yep. going first, uh, took his uh, Zeta from roughly the center of his Tahoe zone, did some uh, ninja, ninja bat flips, and ended up <laughs> behind the blue crate uh, over there. Oh, yeah, up here. Sh- shot at, yep, on the sort of right side. Yep. Uh, shot at my Squallow a few t- for a few orders and took one wound. Then I had oh, a yeah. very important decision that I made the wrong decision in. 
Option one was to guts back into full complete cover, block a uh, drop line aside completely and utterly and have no further part in this turn. Option two was to guts back very slightly so that Rob couldn't maintain cover behind, behind that blue box. So if he, in my eyes, if he wanted to take the fight, he'd have to break cover by climbing down the ledge that he's on uh, with climbing plus on the Zeta. And then oh. we'd have an out of cover fight and like, then yeah. before having a in cover fight again. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. So given what I thought of the situation, I choose to only guts back very slightly. Uh, Rob did not um, just go down that ledge. He went around the long way. So went down sort of the other side of that building and then ended mm-hmm. up in cover behind that low ridge, oh. still in good range, and then took the score from uh, two structure down to unconscious. And then because it's an obviously the biggest, only big gun I have, killed it all yeah. the way to dead with a few more lives. Ah, I see. Yep. Mm-hmm. At that point, because so, I'm playing. Sorry? Just, 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 just so I'm mentioning, right, he went from... That with that that the the only really blue crate that's on top of a, a building yeah. and went down underneath the bridge. Yes, he went under the bridge and then yeah, yeah. So he went to the left of picture on top of that orange thing, whatever it is, and then underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought his only line was to go like straight across and break cover. Yeah. 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 I see. Uh, you, you you were thinking he dropped down near where on this particular picture the uh, for, forklift is. Yes, around where the forklift. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I see. Um, because I had a extra point of ballistic kill, he would have been out of cover. I would have been one dice on eighteens. He would have been five dice on fourteens at that point if he broke mm-hmm. cover. But he didn't break cover, so he ended up having a much more favorable face to face roll. I ended up losing my swallow because of it. Because um, I haven't actually run that many tags in the however many long I've been playing this game. I've always played non-tag factions. Mm-hmm. Um, so having lost my swallow, it was pretty much the game at that point because. That was my only real big gun in that list. And being Pano, when you don't have the biggest gun, is a real problem. Mm. He ended up with his turn with the Zeta sort of hanging around sort of behind that building with the blue box on it, which is directly opposite the big central building to where my Fusilier link was. So my Fusilier link was never going to have enough orders to come across the table to fight it in a favorable way. So my turn was sort of trying to pick apart little bits that I could from uh, that was guarding his HVTs, but him not playing Pano means he had smoke, so he could just run smoke up, run something up to grab a HVT, run it back, and he only needed one to win the game. And, and, re- and remembering, yeah. um, remembering uh, your your list, other than the Montessa, um, you didn't really have anything that could grab a HVT, did you? So in that list, the things I could grab it were the Tag, the Montessa, the Zulu Cobra, but the Zulu Cobra couldn't really deploy anywhere nice, so ended up getting killed on the first turn as well, mm-hmm. and any of the Fusiliers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the Fusiliers um, are generally going to be stuck yeah. in the back. Yeah. Which is an improvement over the Cutter list, because if a Cutter goes back into the camo state, it loses its civilians. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I was hedging my bets very much on trying to get my Nine Montessa across, um, but Rob kept his Zeta well back, watching a long line. So if the Nine Montessa ever moved, and it did try to move on the last turn, it would get shot by that Zeta. Yeah. It yeah, did try to did. make the run on the very last turn, but sort of got killed um, halfway across the table because I yeah. didn't have enough guns to contest his face. And, and from what I heard of his list, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it was two, two road bikes, two Harrises, the Zeta, and some other bits and pieces. Uh, two robot duos, two um, three-man Harrises of a Psychop MMR, a 
uh, Raven Eye and a Kappa Hacker. Um, yeah, the Zeta, and then there's some support elements as well and some smoke. Yeah. 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 The Zeta seems like a pretty good tag in general, especially on a table like this. Hmm. Well, especially so, yeah, the if you want a full version of the spell report, please go, yeah. tell, go to Rob Shepard's channel. Excellent. Yeah. No, the, the, um, the yeah, the changes to climbing plus make like tags like that just being able to just get around yeah. so much quicker as well. Mm. All right. Okay. So well, my learning but... thing on this was for, to respect other tags when I only have a tag as my big gun. So <laughs> I should have just taken the full cover. Just so, taking yeah, full yeah, cover. If you if you taken full be... cover, would you have had a would you, would you have had a way to get to you? Not really. From that first Not turn. really, because on top of that building where the scholar was was also mm -hmm. my Fusilier hacker. So and a lot of his attack elements were remotes so i would were have remotes. had ways of isolating yeah. and mobilizing them as they made that final attack run right. mm, yeah and i think that was something oh, well. that um i think rob i spoke you know he spoke to me about that before maybe he's mentioned on his channel is like as good as road as good as robots are no stealth and being hackable does make them just a little bit like just so much harder to get up a table yeah. if you have re repeater presence or hacking presence and being a remote rather than heavy inventory like a Sujan means you can't do cautious advances to get through little edges off. That's um, a really good point. Yeah. Areas. The lack of cautious yeah, move so, is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like your, your standard, like, corregidor list would be a real pain to just push through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, no matter where. But depending on the table, you could have a lack climbing plus to get lines onto uh, those. Oh, yeah. For, for, yeah. for sure. Like, the, the, there'll always be a solution, whether it's a great one or not. You don't know, um, but yeah, the the, the road bikes here will be vulnerable to things like that. Yeah. All right. Before we before we wrap it up, uh, sorry, did you have something else you want to say there, Ed? I was just to say, um, whilst I did horribly lose that game, it was still a very good game, and as we said earlier, yeah. I ended up with second overall with Rob taking out the tournament. Yeah. So yeah, Canberra one two. Well done. Um, uh victoria first and fun um before we yeah, before we wrap up just want to get some final thoughts from you guys if there's anything that you took away from the weekend with be it your lists or your opponents or the format or whatever it is you just want to throw out there before we wrap it up um ed you want so to take i away? went into this tournament just wanting to have four good games and i definitely succeeded in that um i'd only played three games of varuna before this tournament so this was games four through seven uh so i learned a lot about varuna and um those different scenarios forced me to think in a different way yeah um, what would you think about running um custom missions in uh events like this or just events my, in general my personal opinion is i don't particularly like custom missions because it is difficult to balance them appropriately for a larger scale event for a more casual local event sure throw one in uh, it's probably fine but my i personally do not like custom missions Okay, but that do is just that, my opinion. Do you think that those two custom missions that were chosen were on the extreme of custom missions in general? Mm, no, I have played into much more extreme custom missions, which okay. were to the point of being unfun. Uh, these yes. were not. These two scenarios were not that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Um, Jacob. Yes. Yeah. Even though these were custom missions, they still felt like ITS missions. Though it's kind of helped that Clyly has fight is basically classified version two. Yeah. Yeah. No. And actually, actually, sorry. Before Jacob, you take over. Do you think um, Clyly Clyly Hasified is a better version of Highly Classified? No. Uh, okay. I do not like drafting. Full stop. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've I've heard it a few times over that weekend as well, which I I didn't really think of off until that was raised, and I was like, yeah, okay, I can see. Um, Having played War Machine, having mini games before the real game is not an enjoyable experience for me. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, and and, I mean, on on Kylie Hassified, there was plenty of talks of ways that you can abuse the crap out of the mission. I know that that right for the most part. Whenever I whenever I've played a game. In Australia, um, it's always been you know, yeah. First have you about played, fun. Have, have, and then... have you played? Have you played a game anywhere else except for Australia? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't know if like the US or Europe, it's all about winning. But I know here, it's all about it's about having fun first, winning yeah. second. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, like the, the whole you know, Rob was mentioning as a, a theory crafting. Oh, so I, I heard Rob was mentioning uh, the, the theory crafting where you could take the you know, unconscious classifiers and have everything with dogged and NWI. Yeah, um, I, I I really enjoyed going down to um, this tournament, and I I think partly what was really nice about it is that it was a tournament with no stakes right mm-hmm. there wasn't a big prize table to look at you know it wasn't was, like a there satellite was no, there was no prize table. anything like that. yeah well that's what i'm saying is it, it all it was is you could go there you could have your like, have like fun games run meme lists and all that sort of thing and you would there's nothing to feel like oh i wish i had you know placed here so i could have grabbed that or you know, mm-hmm, I really wanted mm-hmm. to. You know, I wanted to go in like com- you know, hyper competitive because I wanted to win a satellite tournament. And all that. It's it's a charity thing. It, it was like purely advertisers. This is to have fun right, and to raise money for a good cause. And I really enjoyed uh, that about this weekend because um, I, I think it meant that everyone was like a lot more relaxed. I mean. Kev, you had a game where the guy was where your second first game, the guy could only do the first day. Yes. It's just like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just here so that I can, you know, experience infinity. Yep, yep, exactly. It was uh, wow. very low, a very low stakes uh, weekend, which took the pressure off, I think, as well. Um, yeah, it, it it turned it into a trip. Like if you went up to Cancun, it's a trip to sort of like see how well you can do, how well yep. you must drop against the rest of Australia. Um, this made it more of just like a weekend away with the boys, mm-hmm. and it certainly was a weekend away with with everyone. And it was a really, uh, really it was a really good time. Um, for oh, actually, I will. I need to ask you a question, Ed, first because we do have a question from uh, a Patreon. You might know him as Zephyr. He was the one to ask you if uh, whether basically the uh, Squallow is a cl- is a crutch for Varuna, or uh, do you think you could? <laughs> <laughs> like what was his actually his question was specifically um basically could uh-huh. you run a varuna could you run a uh varuna list into something like nomads without the squalos or is it mandatory i am not experienced enough with varuna to answer that question oh very diplomatic very diplomatic uh, <laughs> um but through the list i've built it's kind of difficult yeah <laughs> right. well i mean ziff has put up uh, I suppose a clarification. Uh, it's just like, uh, how, how do you close assault without the cover? Um, I, this is purely a theory. I've not put it on the table, so I have no idea if it works or not. But I theorized that a um, Harris link of 
Kamau HMG, uh, Patsy, and the Varuna Machinist um, could work in that role. Um, so you have Patsy who can face tank, say, a crazy koala, and you just don't dodge in that case. Then that entire link has stealth as well. So hopefully Patsy can climb up and gunfight that um, Moran and probably bounce off the arm, bounce the armor save because she's got decent armor. And then when she inevitably gets immobilized or isolated from the hacker, you have a machinist right there. They can just tap on the shoulder and make her better again. Mm. No, now, yeah. that is purely a theory. Uh, no idea if it actually works in practice. I mean. I, I, like I'll go real real quickly that I you know, during N three I did play someone who's playing Varuna um, and there are ways with their Harrises with the to, to be able to get in close and like I said this wasn't running big links this was Harrises getting in close doing close up gun fighting so they can do it you just got to play around with the infantry Harrises. Mm. The problem then becomes how do you deal with say a chucks a heavy flamethrower watching a corner. Yeah, yeah, because you don't yeah. really have anything warband equivalent, and you've only got one peacemaker. Absolutely. Um, what about you, Kev? Oh, uh, yeah, ways. just just really, yeah, real, real quick. Uh, double Maggie is diminishing returns. Um, I often felt in all four of my games, I only ever used one of them. Uh, the only time I've ever used the other one was if the first one died, and I think I only lost it in one game. So that felt like I didn't. So it, it it just basically felt like I didn't use the other one. Um, it also felt like the grenade launcher was more useful than the mind dispenser, but that may be because I was using the grenade launcher aggressively. So I already had the that Maggie in a position to take gunfights. That's why I ended up sort of using it. Um, and then also because of their size, it generally just limits where you can put them. So on a table, there might only be two spots where you can put them and they're often not close to each other. So you end up having like one Maggie in one flank, the other Maggie in the other flank, and they just don't necessarily support each other. And and if your opponents put up nothing on one side, then that Maggie just has nothing to do for the whole game. Um, so I felt like I felt that in all four on the three games I ran it. It just sort of was like one Maggie would just kind of be sitting there being like, I'll be in suppressive fire in case something comes down here, but nothing did because no one wanted to take on a tag. Um, the other thing is I felt like Layla was actually more useful than the Rafik, um, but that again, maybe because I had Layla in with the grenade launcher Maggie, which was the one that was doing all of the work. Um, I'm sure if I swapped it around, I'd have different opinions. Um, and then, um, again, like tactical awareness is great, but only if you're doing something with it. It's like mm. often I just be like, cool, I've got attack aware or attack aware order. I'll go into suppressive fire again. It was fine, but again, that's something that I need to think about when I'm planning it my turn. If I, you know, to do something with it, have an, have an idea for it. I found myself keeping it there in the event that I accidentally walked into a repeater or accidentally walked into a hacker that I would have that extra order to move or reset. But Often I just kind of had it and didn't know what to do with it, um, and that doesn't that doesn't just go for the Maggies. That also goes for the Rafik, and it also goes for the the, the Namur. Sometimes I'm just like, uh, I'll do something with this unit. It doesn't. It just requires, I guess, a little bit more forethought in your um, order expenditure. Um, oh. Uh, and then other than that, yeah, I've already said the Stigmata was really fun to play against and the tables I played on the weekend were great. So um, yeah, kudos to the Canberra locals who build the tables, all of them very solid. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, I had a great, had a great weekend. 
Okay. It was a great Congratulations on your, on your placings, Ed. Yay. Thank you. Congratulations <laughs> on yours. Yay. Well I done. I thought I came fifth. I was happy to see that I was actually fourth. I was like, oh, shit, it's better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll beat Val at some point, I'm sure. All right, folks. Well, with that, with all that done, um, you've been listening to another episode of Loss of Lieutenant. Oh, actually, hang on. Ed, do you have any, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Um, go to BCB. Do it. Yes, come to BCB. So if Ed's going, right, then everyone else will come. <laughs> hey, come on, Sydney people. You have to be at least half of BCB now. We were half of one of your events. You're going to be half of BCB. I want 25 Sydney what? people coming in. Whoa, ho, 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 hold on a second now. We weren't in New South Wales. We were in we ACT. Were in ACT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't be saying that. Don't be talking that smack. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't like Canberra enough to respect the difference. Oh, okay. Now I think we've just lost all the Canberrans who are going to come. <laughs> Jacob, we're going to have to excommunicate you from the podcast. Um, no. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, you've listened to another exciting episode of Lost of Lieutenant. My name's Kevin. I'm Jacob. And I'm Edward. Thank you very much, Ed. Thanks, mate. Talk Good night. To you later. Bye.